the, the Joker told me his mom's name was Martha. And then I shook his hand. And he had a joy buzzer. And he said, my mother's name's not Martha at all. It was a really mean joke. I didn't like it. Hello, and welcome to Centricity's Revenge, Ramjack, and the Rise of the Encantados. Hello, everyone. I am Alex, and joining me today for Ramjack is my good friend and co-host, Brad. Hello. Hi. Salutations. How are you? Don't answer. <laughs> Careful. That was a trick. Every time. Of course you can. Guys, if you want to start a dialogue, call us, get on the Facebook group, do email us, whatever you want to do, you can do that, but don't talk out loud to yourself in a car, that's crazy. Guys, welcome to the show, we got tons of stuff to talk about, yes, Belvedere's back, um, but it still breaks my heart every episode to know that we are slowly running out of Belvedere, oh. in this episode more than any, for reasons that we'll get to. Yes, Brad has new bus stories. Yes, we're, we're going to tell you how certain books end, because I know you got your summer reading list. You're starting to think about that. Even though we're on the precipice of spring, you got to think what you're going to be reading poolside and beachside. We got that for you. Well, we got the books you don't want to read, because I'm going to tell you, we're going to tell you how they end. That's besides the point. Um, uh, before we get started, Brad, on a lot of food-centric th- stories, do you have anything else you want to say? Um, I just want to say... Um Guys, we made it through March Madness. March Madness is Madness. over. It's done. Brad called every game that he uh, predicted. Guys, I am flawlessly so fucking good at sports facts. <laughs> like, really, really good. I, I am shockingly good at sports facts. I've been saying it all along. Some people laughed. They said, "Ah, oh, what a ridiculous joke you've made." Well, I've proven myself. <laughs> um. But we are marching towards April Anarchy. Hence, um, the yes. monsters in my life are multiplying um, to fill the void. And we'll be spring discussing. is a time for monsters. Yeah, I've seen one of these monsters now. Oh boy, <laughs> we'll talk about some um, monsters later, guys. We're gonna talk about some monsters, guys. Um, uh, but before that, Brad, um, there's a lot of talk about food and weight loss on the internet. And I want you to give me your opinions on a few things. Okay. First up, uh, the UK's Royal Society of Public Health is thinking of adding a label onto all food. Mm-hmm. There is there are three little squares, and it will tell you how many minutes you have to run, cycle, or swim to burn the calories in that food. Hmm. Okay. They are doing it to help help not only to promote health because they're telling you, hey, you can drink this, but know that it takes you this long to burn off these calories. Just to let you know, um, uh, according to this, a chocolate bar in this illustration, it takes 40 minutes walking to burn it off. It looks like it takes 49 minutes of biking and 29 minutes of swimming. Okay. Which is weird because... This bag of chips, again, these are all European brands, so I'm not sure what they are. The bag of chips, 19 minutes walking, 23 minutes cycling, and 13 minutes swimming. Brad, what the fuck is in a chocolate bar that you need 29 minutes of swimming and 40 minutes of walking? Um, that seems weird to me. Lots of sugar. That's what's in it. Um, I, yes. I, I, also like to, I also like that you say that these are European brands when these are clearly just fake brands and made, made for this uh, website's image um, and not Brad, real brands not- at all. Brad, 
I'm assuming this image comes by the Royal. It was produced by the Royal Society of Public Health. Oh, uh, you know, know it's fake. That was supposed to be part of the backstage part of the show. I don't know if the. I mean, there's no class. There's no. Look, that looks like a Cadbury chocolate bar. I'm sure Cadbury yes, was used, Cadbury. but they couldn't put the brand name there. I'm sure there's mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. things. I mean, fizzy soft drink, real fruit. No one's fizzy drink soft that. drink, what real the fuck fruit is brand. Crisp. I never saw brand that in Europe. Crisps. Um, I never saw that in London. Milk chocolate brand chocolate bar. <laughs> yes. But these have to be grounded, at least in some part of the galley. They're not just going to well, lie sure, to you. Sure. But I still uh, yeah, think I it's suspect that a chocolate bar, there's like a huge discrepancy. 40 minutes running, 49 minutes cycling, and then 29 minutes swimming. But these potato chips, it's 19, 23, 13. 13 is not that far from 19. It's a hell of a lot further than 29 to 40. I think that, I don't know, it's weird. That all being said, I think this is a great idea. We should put it on there. Sure. For sure. Sure. Are there any other activities you'd want to add to this, Brad? Because I don't know many people who swim. Gross. As many people no, own pools gross. around here. Don't swim. Every, everyone has a pool around here. It's still gross. You shouldn't do it. Um, I don't know a lot of people who run regularly except, you know, their marathons or their half Ks. Um, I don't... I, I'm, I mean, I think, I think the running makes the most sense because bicycling, I know... You you can have a bicycle for that. That's weird. I guess maybe you go to the gym and you get on the on the bike. I guess, but I I think I think running makes sense. Um, it's just to give people an idea because people have no idea how food works. What I would like to see are three things that people actually do on a daily basis to also kind of oh juxtapose boy. this. You have to sit down for eight hours just sitting to burn the calories in these potato chips. And I know it's more than that. I know it's more than oh, yeah. that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You have to play 48 hours of video games to to burn all the calories in this chocolate bar. You've got to. Your choices are video games, running, swimming, Fuck. cycling, sitting in a chair. Angrily um, typing. Angrily <laughs> typing. How many tweets do you have to send to burn this can- candy bar? I feel like I've burned I feel like I've burned a lot of calories sending angry tweets. I don't know. You'd be surprised. Tweets are like swimming. It it's takes like, a lot less sw- I mean, tweeting than it really would be running. You really get the blood circulating through your system because you're so angry, tweeting things out, getting blocked. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Um, a lot of Dude, things. tweeting is like an emotional roller coaster at times. Definitely. Especially given the light. I mean, and, and I would say that it's just as demanding on your body as a, as a fully submerged swim. Now, question. Running. Um, now, now, can I can I get a label for emotional roller coaster versus on a regular <laughs> roller coaster? Yes, that's what I that's what I also want to. That's, that's, yeah, that's uh, video games, emotional roller coasters, regular roller coasters. <laughs> the important thing is that you know how many calories in any activity you uh, need to be prepared. I mean, I'm look, a, I can eat this chocolate bar, and I don't necessarily have to run, but I do need to go on an emotional roller coaster this afternoon, and I'm prepared. Uh, when, when, when you told me you had something about labeling, I was already, like, ready to be annoyed because anytime people talk about labeling, it's usually stupid bullshit. Like, we need, oh, to, we need to label genetically modified things. No, we don't. That's everything. Everything's genetically modified. You don't know how genetics work. Um, we, need to lab- we need to label what's Monsanto. We need to, we need to label what's... Uh, uh, no. We need to label what's natural. Shut up. Organics. Dude. I heard something on the radio, I'm pretty sure it was NPR this weekend, about a debate where there was someone 
who obviously thinks like me and Brad, who have at least taken the the tiny amount of time that we have just to look into, oh yeah, GMOs, oh, fuck that, they're totally fine. All foods, most every food is a GMO, if not all of them at this point, I mean, come on. It depends on how you define genetically modified, but even then, the science says that it's not only safer, it's better for you and the environment more often than not. And I would say more often than not, not. Like, it's almost always <laughs> better for everyone. Definitely. Um, if anything, there's more evidence to say that non-GMO foods are like the fucking worst for everyone. So there was this uh, person who was hippie, hippie jive-ish, didn't really read up on it, and this scientist was schooling them. This person didn't understand how pesticides work or how, like, genetically modified pesticides, where they basically just do the... They take the genes and other plants that are naturally make certain things to kill insects and just put them into other plants because they haven't developed them yet or have lost it over time because you can look at the genome and see that if it was there or not and maybe it's just not sequenced anymore. They give it back to them. You don't have to waste all this money on pesticides. There's actually less chemicals in it and it's something, it's like a protein our body does, it's like an inert in our bodies. It only attacks insects. It makes all the sense in the world and this person said... Well, I just don't think I, you have to use pesticides. And the guy told them that they was like, "Do you do know that this is what you're talking about? We're genetically modifying it to do something this other plant does it used to do." And they're like, "Oh, uh, well, I didn't know that, but I still I eat how I eat, and that's also, you can't tell me different." And I'm like, "You fucking dummy!" Also, Stop. and although it's completely nonsensically stupid to be like paranoid about chemicals and pesticides and things, um, if your things are not genetically modified to to be more resistant to um, these things, then you have to use more chemicals and pesticides to protect your organic crops. So, Dude. it's a wash. Even, but even, it's, it, but it's not, because your food's actually worse. Um, it's less quality. Um, it's more susceptible to disease and everything oh dude this one woman this okay it was a I, I don't mean to bring gender into this because i don't this woman just wasn't educated on any of this oh you and sound like a real bernie bro fascinated. you sound like a fucking bernie bro get the fuck out of here you sexist <laughs> i honestly i did not want to say her gender because i thought i it doesn't it doesn't inform anything but mm. i it informs more about hmm what i was hearing at the time i guess i don't know but listen mm. this person <laughs> said, well, you know what? Some people complain about it being more genetically healthy, like it doesn't have viruses, but a lot of people prefer viruses in their food because it's not going to hurt you if it's for the plant and not you, and it actually makes it mutate or like even decompose in a different way, so it gives it like a unique flavor, and I appreciated that in the orchards when I was a kid. I remember <laughs> having to pick worms out of an apple. You know, I like disease. Disease fruit gives it character. What? <laughs> worms, by the way... Diseases don't turn into worms. It's, you didn't get a. You didn't. That wasn't a disease. That was. It's a worm. That's. It sounds like I might be putting words in her mouth that I'm conflating those two. But she actually made that. She said the oh. worm part first, and then right. she said, "Yeah, you know, uh, the worms and fruit. We had to pick them out. I mean, I'm living in that world. And who's Gross. to say the disease part of it isn't taste better? It's like, everyone what are you talking about d- d- disease. Everyone. Mm. The di- it's not. Oh, disease isn't a flavor. It's 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 rotting. It's, <laughs> It's killing the fruit. It's like... So we need to have a a full array of labels on the food. Not only accurate brand labels in the UK, but also labels that tell you how many calories you need. But we also need the... I need to know whether it had had a virus in it or not to give it the flavor. (laughs) If this is a virus-derived flavor... Flavor Is that going to be like some sort of like... Yeah, is that like the next hippie subsect of like... 
Like, the hipsters are going to be like, look, um, I'm on the virus kick with my vegetables now. I gave my carrots this rare, this genetic disease from Asia, and man, it makes those... It makes my potatoes great. It makes all tuber-like foods just amazing. Hey, check out this. I'm pe- killing all the other carrots in the region, but it doesn't matter. The flavor is just great. Check out this petri dish. I've been cultivating this artisanal virus. I'm gonna introduce <laughs> it to my to my garden. It's going. It's gonna kill most of the vegetables, but the ones that survive enough for me to eat are gonna be delicious. It's natural. It's natural these viruses prey on these things and destroy them. The way it makes the vegetables rot, it's really interesting. It's really it's interesting. Super interesting. Now, there's a really small window of time where it's, where it's still edible. Oh, but man, if you catch it right at that moment, it's really something. That virus is delicious. God, someone needs to... Do you not understand, yes, like, like awesome. mass farming? Like, you, oh, yeah, no, maybe viruses make some fruit taste better because it's good when it's a little bit rotten. Um, Do you realize you can't just go <laughs> pick one apple to feed the country, to feed the world? You can't just go pick out the one apple that's kind of okay. We can have lots of food for lots of people because there's lots of humans. We can't have... Ha- we can't have... It's eighty percent of the food rotting because we're not. You don't want. Oh, just fuck off! I can't. It's so stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's just a stupid comment in general because one, I mean, there are viruses for trees that don't actually affect its flowering, but by and large, I would say they kill plants. So it's not good for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> what you're saying by disease, I think you mean it's just uniquely like decomposing on the tree or something i don't think their word for disease actually no, had any doesn't. scientific bearing it at, doesn't all. at all i'm just oh. and me and brad are just loosely going with it and making more sense than this person did it's like you don't know what you're talking about how can you how can you make an informed statement of whether gmos are good for you guys obviously this is a hot button topic for brad and i <laughs> or brad and me so i mean i got a brad here's some other food that um you're gonna need to make some harsh harsh choices on. Okay. So Brad, we're going to uh, Atlanta, hot Atlanta. If you thought Florida was hot, wait till you go to hot Atlanta. It's called that. Um, that's Atlanta. That's another word for Atlanta, Georgia. Um, the Atlanta Braves are introducing a whole new interesting menu to their baseball games. Hmm. Brad, you have to eat one of these things. You are starving at this baseball game. Now, I know you love sports. It's a sports fact. Bottom, it's the bottom of the third inning. Oh. You ain't going nowhere. It's been tied every inning up to the third. They've Both teams have scored two points. Now, that's a weird game. That's, that's not normal. So you're okay. like, I'm going to have to sit this one out to see everything. Um, we got a lot of heavy hitters down there. A lot of people that could be breaking records. You're here for the long haul, but you are f- starving. You are starving, and these are the only things on the menu you have to choose from. You got to tell me what you want, okay? All right. Okay, sir. These are the things you have. Um, uh, would you like the sausage sundae? Um, what? Sir, sir, we have the sausage sundae here. What is a sausage sundae? Okay, a sausage sundae is a sausage mm-hmm. that we've cut down the middle like a hot dog. Okay. Well, not a hot dog, a hot dog bun. Oh. We open that up so it looks like, basically like you would make a banana split, mm-hmm. except you're going to use the sausage as the banana. You're going to use macaroni and cheese as one scoop of ice cream. Okay. <laughs> you're going to use uh, garlic mashed potatoes okay. as another scoop. All right. And then... 
you're gonna use what looks like a barbecue tomato blend in the middle as another scoop. And then of course there's an Atlanta Braves flag in the top of it. All right. Because that's, so that's that's the sausage sundae. Okay. Um, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, sir, but it's $26 and it's called the Burgeriza. It's basically mashing the words burger and pizza together and I just can't pronounce it. Burgeriza? That's better. Burgeriza. Would you like the burgeritza? What? What's a burgeritza? A uh, 20-ounce all-beef patty covered in five slices of cheddar cheese and topped with crispy bacon served between two eight-inch pepperoni pizzas. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you want the burgeritza or do you want that sausage sundae? <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. So instead of using a hamburger bun, we're just using two straight-up pizzas. Yeah, straight up pizzas. There's the pepperoni pizza on the top, and there's another pepperoni pizza on the bottom. Not even thin crust. This is like pan style. Like this is hand tossed pepperoni pizzas, two eight inches. So it's like they're personal serving. Can I get it with stuffed crust? <laughs> I don't think that option appears here, sir. But I will remind uh, you, there is a twenty uh, ounce all beef patty and five slices of cheddar five, cheese topped what? with bacon. Why are there five slices of cheese on a burger that's in between two pizzas? Because when you come to the Atlanta Brave Stadium, you are expecting five things. Entertainment. Um, baseball. <laughs> good food, fun stuff, and a Braves flag in the top of your hamburger. Oh, oh what's that six-fifth thing that we haven't mentioned? That's the five-slice guarantee of five slices of cheese on anything that you buy. Now, it's not on the sausage sundae. That's because it's a new item. Oh. All right. Well, you have two other things to choose from, friends. I okay. don't think that's. I'm that's already. It. I'm already leaning towards sausage Sunday because that seems. That seems a wacky presentation, but at least those are reasonable things. I'm gonna be honest. I might make a semblance of a sausage Sunday if I ever have people over to grill out again in my that life. That sounds. Because I mean, that's actually neat. That's uh, that's macaroni and cheese. That's some potatoes. That's some sausage. I don't know about the tomato barbecue thing. That sounds weird. It's really a plating issue because it's not an it's not like an excessive amount of food, mm-hmm. and you could switch it out for things. Maybe you don't have the tomato barbecue thing in the middle because you already have a giant sausage <laughs> flanking your food. Right. Maybe you have a little potatoes, macaroni and cheese, maybe some sort of vegetable thing in the middle, like coleslaw. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it can work. It's a neat aesthetic. But what about the Ted bread? Ted, what's what's Ted? The everything dog, which is what it stands for. Oh. Give me the Ted, the everything dog. Uh, has nine essential ingredients, one of which is Coca-Cola infused barbecue sauce. No, what? Why? Yes. I yes. mean, I guess it's not. But okay, but why? Here's the nine things you get on your Ted. You get Coca-Cola infused barbecue sauce. Yeah. You get that beer cheese. You get jalapenos, okay. chili, popcorn, wait French fries, tortilla oh, chips, wait. a foot-long all-beef hot dog, and a pretzel bun. You. First of all, pretzel buns overkill. Too much. Um, I don't think it should count in ingredients. It's it's anything. It's like the trough you put your dog in. I, I you lost me at popcorn. Popcorn. Popcorn does not belong in a on a hot dog. Popcorn popcorn only belongs in a bowl of popcorn. There's no other uses for popcorn. Maybe you string it up, and put it on a tree. If you're like a weird poor person in like the 30s, I don't know. Like, I I was listening to a podcast today about marketing tactics and they say um that that's the reason during the uh, previews they try to show you as many times as possible people eating popcorn so you'll buy it like it's subliminal messaging but i thought to myself i don't 
I don't know if I'm a huge fan of popcorn ever. Like, it's not something I seek out on my own. It's good, I enjoy it, but it's not like, eh. So I think that kind of missed me on the marketing standpoint. But do I want it on my hot dog? No. What are you doing? My question is, are these all tiny uh, elements of much larger things? Like, is this the kitchen sink dog because, okay, we gotta get rid of all this popcorn stuff in the bottom of the popcorn thing. No one wants these little popcorn granules. What if we put them as a topping on a hot dog? That works. Hey, we don't like this chili on the side. Let's scoop that up with a spatula and throw it on. What about those jalapenos? Like, the little ones that, like, are strays once you finish a jalapeno thing? Like... Let's get those and put them into this dog, too. Like, I think this is the trash dog. This is, yeah, this is a straight-up garbage dog. I This is the chicken salad version of uh, a baseball park. And again, I well, point out... Well, it's a baseball park of chicken salad. Yeah. I said that wrong. And I point out again, the pretzel bun is... If it wasn't already too far, pretzel bun is absolute overkill. Because, let me tell you, if you're doing pretzel bun, then everything else needs to be understated. Because pretzel bun is automatically, like... It's, it's, it's too much. Like... If you're doing pretzel bun, then if you're having any kind of hot dog, then that's hot dog mustard pretzel bun. Because pretzel bun is already bringing a lot to the table. You're right. I don't think it's fair to put it as an ingredient. Because would you consider a hot dog bun an ingredient for a hot dog? Like, ingredient seems like a an inappropriate word. Well, it's like a but companion. no, but you need to warn people. You need to warn people they're getting a pretzel bun. Oh, I, think it's, I think it's a word, word, word of warning. So, you know, hey guys, all this crazy stuff's on here, and it's on a pretzel bun. All right, um, the last thing you have to choose from, Brad, is something called The Punisher. Uh, the Punisher is fried smoked rib meat, uh, sliced, f- sliced fresh, uh, beer battered, and buttered in some kind of Hawaiian something sauce. The description... Okay, here we go. I'm sorry. I was trying to read something and something that was cut off. The Punisher is a country-fried smoked rib meat slathered in a monster energy drink-infused barbecue sauce. What? (laughs) Atlanta, what are you doing with your barbecue sauce? This is why Tennessee has barbecue on point. They're not adding Coke and they're not adding monster energy drink. Topped topped with a fresh-cut beer-battered onion ring. Now, that's not too bad. I actually kind of like the idea of an onion ring on the sandwiches. And some sort of something, I don't know what it is. It's some kind of slossa. What? Sloss? It's slossa. There's an A at the end of it. It's S-L-A-W-S-A. Slossa, right? Slossa. It's in quotation marks, which makes me believe it's some either local trend... Or it's just something... Wait, like a, like, so, like, slaw salsa? I guess. That's a, that is what it has to be. It's slossa, Brad. It's a slaw mixed with salsa, which saying that out loud in my mind has uh, to be the grossest fucking thing in the world. That, uh, that's, throw that in the fucking garbage can. That and that fucking hot dog both came from and belong in the garbage can. Dude, I'm not even done. Oh. There's more stuff on this, so let's, let's catch everyone up to speed. Country fried steak ribbed, dripping in Monster Energy barbecue sauce, topped with an onion ring and something called slossa. Um, it's between a toasted and buttered Hawaiian bun and pinned in place with two slices slices of candied bacon. No. No. Absolutely uh, not. No thanks. Um, it's $18. Brad, what are, which one of these things do you want? Um, You're holding up the line, Brad. You're holding up the line. Sausage Sunday. Brad, Brad, they're already halfway through the fourth inning. You gotta, you gotta do this. What are you having? Sausage Sunday all the way. The Sausage Sunday has enough class to it as a thing that I actually trust it as a food. Yeah, that's that's nothing else. Reasonable thing. Seeing the pictures, everyone, it is. It looks great. 
it's like, yeah, that's reasonable. It's neat. It's a cute idea. Mm-hmm. Get it? Yes, I'll have that, please. Yeah. And yes, I will enjoy the rest of this baseball game with my sports facts, is what Brad would say. Brad, I think you chose correctly. Is it okay to put Atlanta Braves on watch because of this or no? Oh, because I yeah. don't know Let's... how many calories, I don't know how many hours of uh, podcasting I'm going to have to do. Oh. Or um... <laughs> how many emotional roller coasters we have to be on. Yes, to burn the calories in any of these things, and I'm worried. I'm worried. Okay, I, yeah, I did three hours of emotional roller coasters. Uh, then I, you know, I went to the amusement park, and I, I did, I did about five rides on some real roller coasters. Um, I also walked about uh, three miles during that whole time. So, uh, what does that work out to? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody want to crunch the numbers on that? <laughs> oh, I'm only halfway through my pizza, burgerizza. Crap. Yeah. I'm not even close to working on this candied bacon. How do you... Like, there was a contest with the chefs there. Okay, I don't know if chefs is the proper word, but the people who work there, and obviously the person... It's it's like I, it's like in every like um like '90s movie when there's kids making food and it's all gross and it's like oh we're making marshmallow chocolate pizza oh with anchovies it's like shut up that's not funny no kid does that no ki- but like those kids that apparently were in those movies grew up and now this is what they're doing. Wow. Yeah, that's right. They are the little brother from Atlanta. Teen Witch is like making food for baseball games. <laughs> Trying his hardest to beat the people on the other side of the stadium with their great idea for what's going to hit this baseball season. I heard they're working on something called the pizza, uh, the uh, burgerizza. We gotta beat it. We gotta top I that. Like the Punisher. We gotta get out of here. Go back. We gotta do. I got this thing called the Punisher. Shut up. No one likes candied bacon. I'll take my idea somewhere else. All right, we gotta beat that. Top that. You know what it could be? <laughs> top that. Top that. Top it. Um. Uh, <laughs> That's what the person who did the everything hot dog said. Top it with everything. Top it. Top it with everything. The tud. Um, uh, Brad, um, obviously we've been talking a lot about food and food-related things. There is a new non-invasive surgery that shows promise for weight loss. Um, and it's it's gone through clinical trials, and it's promising. Let me tell you how it happens. So the non-surgical procedure works using tiny injectable beads that restrict blood flow to the part of the stomach that releases the hormone that makes you hungry. So essentially, they 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 enter your body through one of your uh, uh, main arteries. They kind of feed something in. They get this little thing, and then they get to the part of your stomach that produces this hormone, and then they uh, release tiny little beads and those beads go in there and they restrict blood flow and you're basically starving that part of the body of rich blood it freaks out and it's like (gasps) and it can't release your uh the hormone that makes you hungry so basically you're not hungry anymore you know if you didn't eat you would never have the desire you would rarely have the desire to like you would have to go out of your way to feed yourself Bizarre. That's how they do it. Six months in, the average weight loss is 13.3% of excess weight. That's just after the first six months, because you really just no longer have an appetite. You might get hungry once a day, maybe. Don't know what happens. I don't know... The, the Injecting beads in your body sounds weird. 
Another microbeads. But aren't there things that... I mean, isn't restricting blood flow not necessarily a good thing? I mean, that's how your arteries... That's what happens when your arteries get clogged. It restricts blood flow. What, what's to keep these beads from getting to your heart and causing havoc? Yeah. I don't... This seems... I mean, people are living six months with it. I just don't... Tiny beads inside your body. Now, I thought that we were trying to get away from tiny beads because people were putting these tiny beads inside of all types of facial uh, creams and body washes to, like, be an exfoliant. But we all know those went to the sewers. They're now in the oceans. Fish are eating them. Maybe these fish aren't hungry, and that's what's causing the oceans to die because they got beads inside of them. Are those companies going away from cosmetics and getting into the weight loss game? Like, oh, we got tiny beads for you. I don't know, but I thought I'd break the story here first, Brad, as I wildly speculate as to what these tiny <laughs> beads are doing spinning, in someone's spinning, body. Spinning, spinning. Spin it. Spin, 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 spin. What I do is I get a story, I sit it in front of me, and <laughs> spin it. I spin it, spin it, spin it. <laughs> You're not as not as uh, weirded out by this as I am. I don't. There's, but what's there to say? Okay, obviously it's going through clinical trials and it's yeah, totally I've, I've, safe. I have no idea what this is or how this works, or anything else. I told you how it works, but obviously it's not that descriptive. It is just seems, it's interesting, but it's like I don't know what. Um, I will say this in relation to this weird conspiracy theory I just threw out about um, bead makers, <laughs> the coalition of big bead big microbeads, which is weird. Um, did you hear, and I don't know how much of this is true, but I know that you can inform me on this. So apparently one of Hillary Clinton's advisors or like someone that they're talking to um, is really anxious to get her in the White House to try to disclose any information about extraterrestrials visiting the planet. Oh, yeah. Is that for real yeah, or not That's real? completely for real. It was the weirdest fucking interview ever. I laughed hearing about it and then I freaked myself out at night because obviously everyone, hey, long-time listeners know this. Brad and I were terrified of the idea of extraterrestrials as children. Brad more of the surprise of seeing one yeah. on his ceiling, in the window, Ugh. under his covers when he lifts them up. Um, uh, Staring me in the face when I open my eyes. Rolling Ooh. over it being right there on the pillow beside you. Um, and I was just terrified of all of that and pretty much the same. So for Hillary Clinton's advisors to think about, obviously I'm an adult. I know a lot about the practicalities, I guess, of space travel now, and given any technology that we're aware of, or even semblance of a hope of a technology, it's interplanetary travel is going to be on a very limited, very local basis, so it's going to take forever. But so help me, good Brad, I don't... Should Is this... Now, I know that Brad doesn't want to see Hillary Clinton in the White House. My question is, how can you have... Should we keep her out of the White House... Not only for the reasons that Brad says, more often than not, and everyone should be aware of, but also because she might crack open this alien story, and if it's true and aliens have visited our planet, I will never sleep again in my life. Mm. I can only assume Brad won't either. Whatever it, whatever it takes to keep her out of the White House, I'm cool with. If that's what it's going to I think you'll get take. more traction with this, with a lot of minor, like, edge fringe groups, if you tell them, she's going to blow up in this alien shit. Hmm... How many people have I talked to, and it's been a lot, that were terrified of extraterrestrials as a child? Quite a few. Yeah. Like, a lot of people. Well, don't let Hillary in the office. That makes, makes good sense to me. I'd rather not know about it, if it's real. 
It's not. It's not. But can you can you can we run that chance, Brad? That risk mm, that it might be real can't and we'll never chance. sleep again knowing it. It's irresponsible. It's reckless. It's absolutely reckless. Sure. I, I, I. She should have already dropped out. I don't understand why she's still in the race. She should have dropped out. This is absolutely. It's inexcusable. It's. I mean, she should. Yeah. Out. Outskis. Dunzo. Goodbye. Goodbye, Hillary. Goodbye. Go away now. You're the worst. <laughs> I, by the way, I haven't made it clear. I've completely, firmly decided if she gets the nomination, I'm voting Green Party. Can't do it. Will not vote for Hillary Clinton. Never. Will not be a part of this. Nope. Can't be. A, I, whatever your conscience tells you, Brad, is Don, definitely what you should go with, and I appreciate that. You know, Bernie's gaining steam. Well, not really. I guess he's just barely no, in it, but he's winning a lot. No, he's, he's strongly in it. There's a good chance he might take New York. And if he takes New York... He's gonna take this thing. Just the phrase "takes New York" is like, awesome. Like Bernie is gonna like take New York by storm. Like, what? What are they? like? They're they're like what? Like two hundred apart? Like it's it's nothing. There's absolutely nothing between them. Yeah, race is far more interesting than the Republican. Well, I mean, the Republican is interesting for other reasons, but it's currently as of today twelve eighty seven to one thousand twelve twelve eighty seven to ten thirty seven. It's getting closer. It's Mind close. you, California has like a billion delegates, like four hundred seventy-five. So yeah, this is all the delegates. Far, far from over. Bernie's coming back. Like if he can take I New would York, put it in a. I would present it in the same uh, guise of a as a bracket for you, Brad. Which I don't. Why haven't people done that? That's interesting. But um, I know this is politics and not sports. And even though you do know all about sports and you do know a lot about politics, I don't want to mix those worlds for you. Brackets from sports and brackets for politics. But who would you call, uh, Do you think Hillary's going to get the nomination? Like, who do you think right now is going to get the nomination for the Democrats? It's, it's too close. It's too close to tell right now. It's too close. Like, obviously, Bernie's you would like making, Bernie. Bernie's making up a hell. Bernie's making up a lot more than I thought he would, would be able to two weeks ago. Like. Nice. He's nice. He, he has a strong chance of taking New York, and that's gonna that's gonna push things over. And if he takes New York, he's coming for you, California. Look out. Because like you got this. I mean, like Bernie does well in like strongly Democratic states. Hillary did good in Southern Republican states that she would never win in a general election. So, who the fuck even cares? <laughs> I mean, who do you also, I mean, because we don't want to belabor politics. There's a lot of other cool stuff to get to, ladies Definitely. and gentlemen. But I do, I'm curious, who do you think right now is going to win for the Republicans? The nomination, at least. Trump. Like, if Trump doesn't get it, it's like, all hell's going to break loose. Like, I hope it breaks loose. I mean, it's... Like, I, I really hope that they give it to Ted Cruz and Trump is totally pissed off and runs anyway. Because he can. It's possible. Like... There's there's a chance that the coming election might be Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, all four running. Wow, you think Bernie would run by himself? It's possible. Who would win in that mix? There is absolutely no telling. But that would be an amazing because, presidential race. Yeah, because I have because you got have strong no support for all four of those. Yeah, well, you don't have strong support for Ted Cruz. <laughs> you only have the Republicans that would be against Donald Trump. So you're that would split every vote. Yeah, everything is going to be. It would be. I, I have absolutely no idea what happens in that scenario. Holy fuck! I never even thought that was a pop. It's possible. It is possible. Wow. 
I don't know. I, uh, I have I've no idea. Absolutely no idea what happens in that world. That's that's in I Donald, I never thought about that. Yeah, Trump might actually win in that world because there's going to be enough oh. asshole Democrats that are going to be like, you need to support the Democratic Party no matter how shitty it is and vote for Hillary Clinton, and they'll scare people off from voting for Bernie, maybe. Um, but then no, the, but then people won't support Hillary enough because she's the worst. So that'll split, but then the Republicans, the racists are going to vote for Trump no matter what. So, and there's a lot of racists, and there might be enough racists and Republicans that don't like Ted Cruz to pull it for Trump. I have no idea. Cruz would get the religious vote, I would assume. I, but the, here's the Trump thing. Trump would get... I, I don't know that he would, because the really religious vote, the, the Venn diagram of really religious vote and really racist vote... There's a lot of overlap, and Donald Trump's a lot more racist. And the people that really hate minorities and Muslims um, and Mexicans in particular, they hate them more than they love somebody talking about baby Jizo. But you think those people would vote for Cruz. Women wouldn't, wouldn't vote for either of them, right? I don't think Cruz or—I know Trump doesn't poll well with women. I'm assuming Cruz is kind of lukewarm at best. No. He doesn't pull that well with his own daughter, who he tried to kiss that one time, and kind of was like, gross, Dad, get the fuck away from me. It's, Can you believe this creep? It would be crazy. It would be crazy, but... Um, God, that's... I mean, that's an idea that never popped in my head, yeah. that all four of those people could be It running. could happen. It could happen. And that's too much of a split. If you split both, that's I, just too I'm nuts. I don't know who wins like, in that. Destroy both the fucking Democrats and the Republican Party. Like, I'm done with them. Fuck them. Wow. But see, unlike... Unlike, I'd be excite, more excited for that kind of split up than I would be other types of splits up. Well, no, I mean, I'm excited for a Republican split up just because fuck all of it. Like, let that go away. Mm-hmm. But you're right, Democratic Party needs to change more. But there's, I don't know, that makes me more excited, actually. A double split. Yeah. A double split. Wow. Okay, that idea is too new. I've got to let it settle. i got to get excited about it and then probably have my hopes crushed. But I like yeah, that. Yeah. That's an interesting... Guys, it's going to be a great end of the year 2016. Everything's popping in 2016. Exciting year. Bernie's still in it. Like, he's just won the last, what, seven states? I mean, come on. Come on. And we're going into New York. Probably by the time this airs. crazy. We'll be uh, be at New York. That's uh, the 19th. So... A double split. 247. Double split. 247 delegates up in New York. We'll see what happens. So at that point, if there's a four-way, if there's four people running, their vice president candidates would also help inform how, who, and what they would win. And let me tell you, um, that's tough. That's that's going to be if there was a split with the Democrats, that would be interesting because Elizabeth Warren has all but said she's going to be oh. Bernie Sanders' running mate. Like they've hinted at oh. it. She's all but said it. And if he wins, he's definitely her running mate. But fuck, if, they would crush like they would yeah, win. Of course There's they no would. way they would. Of course okay. they would. That's how I would end. I, yeah. Without the fact you're vice president, I was like, I have no idea how to call this. No one could go again. A Bernie and an Elizabeth Warren, yeah. there's no way they wouldn't win. Unbeatable. Absolutely unbeatable. And the only re- Elizabeth Warren has done her best to, like, not get into it. Because on the off chance that Hillary wins, she you know, you, she can't spend eight years, uh, you know, getting fucked over by the Clintons. So, which is understandable. I appreciate her position. True, true. Um, but, like, she's really hinted a hell of a lot. <laughs> And Bernie's Who would run with Hillary? Hillary, if, if Hillary gets the nomination and Bernie decides not, and Bernie pulls out, um, there's a huge, I mean, Elizabeth Warren might, I mean, Elizabeth Warren is, like, 
that's who they, who everybody wants, obviously. But I mean, she should have ran. If Elizabeth Warren had ran, um, I love Bernie Sanders, but Elizabeth Warren, there no question, no question, she would have won, no question. There, we wouldn't be talking. We wouldn't be talking about Hillary Clinton at all now. It would already be over. It would be Barack Obama all over again. So, like, hmm, very interesting. Yeah. Who would run with Trump? <laughs> I mean, take uh, your pick on the yeah. Chris Christie's trying. President. Did you see that fucking? Did you see when they did that uh, speech and like the weird speech where um. Where uh, what uh, Chris Christie was just like oh, standing yeah. there in the corner, just mm-hmm, yeah, uh huh, oh, just standing there like a fucking weirdo. He wants it, but he's not gonna get it. He's a loser. He's a loser. Heard, he's a dummy. I heard, <laughs> I heard him defend himself on a late night talk show, and he basically said, "Look, when you're the man up front getting everyone's attention, it's hard to stand behind someone else and not want that attention." Which is like, dude, you can't just say something like that. You looked goofy. That's not you trying to get attention or not getting attention. You looked fucking goofy because you're You're a a goofy looking dude. (laughs) Hey, goof, get off the stage. Make room for someone else. (laughs) Yeah. What a goof. That's, Brad, you got me more excited. Yeah. Didn't think we'd be heading, we'd be staring down. But that barrel of an election. But there's every chance that Bernie will just fucking win, and we won't have to talk about Hillary Clinton anymore, which would be great because she's the worst. Bernie doesn't use static-making noise machines so that people can't hear his speeches. That's weird. Like nothing's right about that. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. I want to oh, write it in a journal over and over seriously. again. Seriously. Carve it in a tree. <laughs> like. Oh, it'd be so good. Guys, we cannot afford eight more years years. of shitty Democrats. We can't do it. Can't. No. That could be 16 years of amazingness. Eight for Byrne. Yeah. Eight for her. Yeah. As opposed to eight years of Hillary Clinton and then eight years to whoever uh, agrees with Hillary Clinton enough to be her running mate. So 16 years of shitty, mediocre... Enough, after we've had eight years of shitty, mediocre Democrats. No. No I more. Know, I don't know. And guys, we're getting way off what we started we were talking about. But I don't know if the next president, unless it is a Bernie, uh, Elizabeth Warren, Sitch, I don't know if the next president's going to get eight years. It may just be four. Could be. Regardless of who it is. But the thing is, they may not get eight years. But the thing is, after that four years... It's not like somebody else is going to be running on the Democratic Party. That's the problem. It's yeah, not like it thing. would be four years of Hillary and then Bernie would run. No, it's four years of Hillary, then Hillary would run and possibly lose. The only thing that would keep Hillary or whoever's the Democrat from losing would be if the Republicans get their shit together, which they can't. They're yeah, fractured. Yeah. Like, that is, that's not going to so, happen. I mean, I, no, I do not want to—I I don't want four—I don't want four years of Hillary. I don't want eight years of Hillary. I don't want 16 years of Hillary and Friends. Guys, I want to make this clear. When I said I don't know if the next president's going to get eight years, I didn't. I didn't mean that as anything nefarious. I just meant I don't think they'd be elected after four years. Oh, fucking! I Bernie want to make clear bros. that confusion. Fucking Bernie Bros. This asshole's talking about assassinating Hillary Clinton. Makes I'm not talking sick. about anything. Makes me sick, you sexist. I just want to make sure that that's not what was coming across. That it wasn't. Boy. I wasn't making a nefarious threat or like anticipating Ugh. anything. Cut his I mic. I want to make that clear. Ugh. Put a static machine up, please. <laughs> Hello, welcome to our show. Brad, you've got bus drama. I know this. <sighs> Do you want to lay it? Just get it out, friend. 
It helps to talk about it. Guys, I have so much fucking bus drama. Like, you don't even... Well, if you follow me on Twitter, you definitely know. Because I am now tweeting all bus drama, no matter what. Um, because, um, links, um, at, um, links bus Orlando has blocked me on Twitter. Those motherfuckers blocked me. Wow. You're gonna fucking block me for talking about how shitty your service is? Why don't you have better service? You should actually include the city of Orlando on your tweets. Not just the bus people. Well, I like, include I, any and everyone that's possibly connected. Well, there's the problem of the 140 uh, character limit. I do put hashtag Orlando now, just in case anyone's looking up shit about Orlando. Um, it's just, it's get, it's getting in the mix. Um, and I'm still, nice. I'm still mentioning it, even though I'm blocked and they can't see what I'm tweeting, but don't care. Um, feel free, guys. Um, feel free to uh, um, comment about uh, my travails with Link's bus system and mention them so they can see it because they can't see it right now. Um, but if you, if, you, uh, if you hear me talking about it um, do you want to give some support, feel free to do that. Also, if you can go to their website right now, they're doing a customer satisfaction survey on their website where you can uh, rate them and uh, possibly win a free bus pass or just comment on how shitty their service is, which is what I've done a couple of times uh, with various email addresses. Feel free. Um, (laughs) So uh, they're the worst. We know this. I just, I want to talk about a couple of, and I'm not even going to tell all the bus stories. There's bus stories from the past that are backlogged they left me standing in the rain. Um, we talked about that. They're the worst. They're the worst. They're the worst. They're the worst. They drive by. They don't stop. They all, all kinds of nonsense. They're terrible. But I just want to go into a couple of recent events. So last week, I get out of work, go to the bus stop. I, I usually like. I usually um. I, I clock into work early, and I usually leave a couple minutes early so I can catch the bus. Like you know, right. Make sure I'm there when it comes by. So I was able. Um, to get out of work a couple minutes early, so I was there waiting for the bus. Bus wasn't there. Great. The bus runs twice an hour. It's a ridiculously overcrowded bus at all times because it's the bus going all the way to Universal Studios, which is a lot of workers there, a lot of people going to Universal, a lot of tourists. It should. It's a busy line. Why it runs only two times an hour, I have no idea. Always packed. So, bus didn't come by at 3 o'clock. Okay. 3.30, no bus. 3.45, still waiting. Hmm. Haven't seen that 3 o'clock or that 3.30 bus yet. Still waiting. 3.55, bus arrives. Now, I don't... At the time, I'm like, <laughs> now, is this the bus that's run? Is the bus running five minutes early? Or is it running that late? There's no <laughs> way to know. Is this the bus that should have been here at 3? Is this the bus that should have been here at 3.30? Is this the bus that's supposed to be here at 4 o'clock that for some reason is 5 minutes early? Hmm. No clue. Also, I did something a little different on this occasion. Because okay. I've, been, I've been wanting to catch some some of this antics. Um, so I had my Kindle, um, and I turned the video on, and I actually filmed getting on this bus. Um, Alex, I've shown you um, I've shown you the first oh, yeah. little part of this because ti- my little nemesis, um, tiny Guatemalan grandma, um, you, there's you can straight up see her like get in front of me and then put a hand up so that no one can get in front of her. It was so interesting to watch because first I got to see the woman who's been the bane of Brad's mm-hmm. existence, um, not at all like how I imagined her. Yeah. I don't know why, but in my mind she's two feet shorter. <laughs> really thin and 
is it's comical how tiny she is taking up the entire seat. She's a small woman, but she's not crazy small. Um, but I thought there were two lines of people right beside each other getting on the bus the way that she flanked Brad and yeah. just straight up came up. Like, she just straight up, like, went around me. Like, crazy. Like, crazy. Um, and I'm gonna get better video of this, because I want to get video in the morning, because the morning is really her jam, because that's when she's angling to get that seat. This bus was already pretty full. I don't see how... I mean, she's a bully. Yeah. She's the worst. The way that she elbowed her way in was, I'm just gonna get on here and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. And if you ever had a confrontation with her where you're like, fuck you, you're not doing this, I think she would explode. Yeah. Like, with rage or some sort of, like... She's the worst. Some I, sort of reaction. Yeah. Like she, she's the worst. I hate her. I hate her with a passion. At this point, there's... I'm not... Unless she has, like, crazy backstory, I can't see how she could gain sympathy with anyone. No. I, I can't wait till I get video of her in the morning and you see her angry little face. Oh, because you really just see her... You really just see, like, the, her back and her side. So, I'm going to catch that angry face in, in the morning when she angles for that seat. Oh, she did it this morning. She, like, this morning... I will get back to uh, last week, but um, this morning, like, there was a slow person in front of me. And you can always tell when, like, somebody's just kind of slow and lazy and just not moving. And I'm just like, hey, I'm just thinking, like, do you know what you're doing? You need to, like... You need to be close to the bus in an orderly line. This one, this woman, she's kind of like standing. She's kind of like, she's like, like, no, you're the first one there. You have to be at the line. You have to hold that line. If you don't, people are gonna get in front of you. And people got in front of her, of course. And then the little woman, like, of course, just like ran up and like got, just went to the front of the line. Cause like, you've got to fucking police that shit. If you are the front of the line, it is your job to maintain order in this fucking wild west bus stop. <sighs> It's so weird. Got to have a got to have a strong, steely hand. This woman did not have it. Line cutting, line cutting is weird and wrong. Yeah. I don't care what situation it is. Orderly lines, people. I love an orderly line. Let's take the stress and the confusion out of it. Everyone, get in an orderly line. If you get there late, too bad. Get there earlier next time. Do what you have to do. Just accept the fact that you're going to be later in the line. You know what would make it better? If there were enough buses that came enough that it wasn't an issue with people desperately hoping they'll be able to sit down for their hour bus ride. That Maybe that's a True. solution. Links, maybe your bus should run every 15 minutes during the busiest parts of the day. You know, like a sensible bus company. Ugh. All right, but back to last week. So this fucking woman like gets in front of me. We get on this bus. It is standing room only, and it is packed. It is so fucking packed. Like it's one of the most packed I've ever seen. Like there was like kids that were like like little kids that were having to stand up on this bus. Which I'm like, surely there's someone oh, somewhere in a seat kids. that could like get up and give a kid a seat. Like I think that's illegal. But whatever. <laughs> like it was it was dangerously overcrowded. And so we go on our way, and we've gone about 15, 20 minutes. And the bus pulls over to the side of the road. Seemingly, I couldn't figure out why at first. And then I realized another bus has pulled up beside us. At this point, um, and some people have gotten off the bus, and I've actually, um, it's cleared a little bit, and, like, kids are sitting down, and I've actually been able to, to get a seat at this point. Which, like, hurrah. Great. I've got a seat, finally. Um, it's still, like, it's still a lot of people standing up, but... I had a seat. I was happy to have a seat. Um, we all have to get off of the bus, 
and get on this other bus because what? the bus we're on is going to turn around and start its route over to pick up people at Universal and start the route. What are you fucking talking? Why don't send the other bus that's not as full back to start over because your buses are fucking off schedule by an hour. That is weird. Yeah, it was the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, the the bus that is overpacked with people has to get off their bus, get on the less packed bus, because two buses now are traveling the same route at the same time. And you need one to go back to the start so it can be, it can do the next route without being late. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I appreciate them trying to solve a problem, but you're inconveniencing more people now at this it's, point. And let's be honest, you're not going to make it back to that other route to get it on time. No. You're I, the Lynx bus system. You're the worst. You like, can't do anything. <laughs> your bus is already, like, so So that would mean that the bus I was on, that I thought was five minutes early, was actually 25 minutes late, and I don't know what the hell happened to the 3 o'clock bus. The 3 o'clock bus fell into the Bermuda Triangle. Um, the mm-hmm. 3.30 bus showed up at 3.55. And then the 4 o'clock bus caught up with us, and then we all left the 3.30 bus to get on the 4 o'clock bus so the 3.30 bus could go back and be the 4.30 bus. Which, by the way, you're right. There's no way it would have made it back in time. It's been 15, 20 minutes. It's it's going to be 10 minutes late now. That bus is going to be 10 minutes late now. The amount of times that you mentioned in there makes me think that there was time travel would have to be involved oh. and that's impossible yeah, it's impo- to do what they're asking. Yeah, Alex, it's impossible for time travel to be involved because if time travel was involved they would figure out how to make this shit actually work. It's insane. I mean, yeah. So Arrive wh- anytime you want. So let's go to today. Today, um, I get on the bus at 3 o'clock bus, I don't know what the hell... Again, 3 o'clock bus, who the hell knows? So, 3.30 bus, I assume 3.30 bus. It may have been the 3 o'clock bus that didn't get there till nearly 3.30. Who knows? Um, but a bus I got on around 3.30, but a little bit earlier. Um, I get on the bus. Some other people get on the bus. We're riding along. A person pulls the cord for the bus to stop. About five people get up to get off the bus. The bus driver keeps driving. The people say, what? hey... Bus driver, stop. Bus driver, stop. This is our stop. Five people are saying, this is our stop. And he says, no, it's not the stop. Hmm. Who's right? Five people that are trying to get off your goddamn bus are the bus driver. Did these five people get together to form a conspiracy about where the bus stop is? I think they know. They're getting off the bus and they're five separate people. Unless they're planning a heist. So this is when I step up because luckily um, I have theatrical training and I can project my voice um, quite loudly and angrily. Um, Nice. So I yell at him, bus driver, you drove past the goddamn stop. Stop (laughs) the fucking bus. Um, Much louder, um, of course, obviously, but this microphone doesn't need that kind of projection, but you can imagine it. It was very loud. Um, And then luckily those little cobwebs inside his brain, I guess got cleared away and then he stopped the fucking bus. Then I got cheers and congratulations. Oh, nice. Because I was a bus hero. Here's the thing I wonder. Was it because you were white? Possibly. The reason I say that is because I was not aware of how eclectic um, the other passengers were until you showed me the video. Like, in my mind, I always assumed there was, like, a good mix of everyone. Mm-hmm. But it, there's a... I mean, it's it's mixed. There's everyone, which well, I think is great. And that's something I want to get back but to. But I really wonder... Seconds. I really wonder if they were like, nah... 
It's because you were a white it's guy possible. who said, no, but dude, I will chill. say, of that five, um, there like three three of those people were white that were saying this okay, is our okay, stop. Okay, okay. So it wasn't just that. Okay, my bad. My um, bad. But I am were a white women? male. Um, I, I don't yeah. know. I, have a, I was I had a strong voice. I was quite loud and demanding. Um, You're a goddamn bus hero. I'm a bus hero. what you are, friend. I'm a bus hero. Don't downplay it. Um, so um, two, two side things. Um, one, you're talking about the eclectic mix of people. Um, dude, when I was in town, it, when I was up in Cincinnati for your wedding, I realized how fucking white Cincinnati is. Yeah. It's like crazy <laughs> white up there. And when I was on the bus, I was like, it's super white on this bus. Like, what's up, Cincinnati? You are so white. It's really weird. It is weird, isn't it? Like, I mean, you know, Florida, even though, you know, this is Orlando, you know, um, there's still, well, there like, even... there's a lot of, just because, you know, like Miami, you've got a lot of Latino population. There's a lot large black population. There's a large Asian population. Everybody's here. Um, oh, yeah. But. Well, when we came up to Ohio or the Northern Kentucky region from Tennessee, it was still a shock of, there's a lot of just like not minorities around here. Yeah. Like even then, and that's from Tennessee. So that's I true. can imagine from Florida. Yeah. Um, with all that ports for immigration and all, like it's a truly eclectic mix. Yeah. London was crazy eclectic in a awesome way. I was like, this is awesome. There's so many different types of people of all different, like, ah! Ohio? Nope. <laughs> no. Welcome to Cincinnati. It's super white. Super white. It's super white. But I hear that the new Avengers movie is an absolute delight. There was early press screenings and people are like, this is fucking awesome. This is, this is better than the last one. The last one was okay. We shall see. And the last one was okay. A lot of them are like... The last, one, the last one was okay. What's really weird is how much people love Spider-Man. I've seen a lot of reviews from other earlier ones say basically that. This is so great. I liked it better than the last one. Oh, God, I love Spider-Man. Like, all yeah. caps, Z, like five O's, love Spider-Man. We shall like, see. All right, guys, I guess it's... We'll all see what right. happens. Let's not get yeah. let's not get our hopes up. Let's not get a let's let's, <laughs> let's keep let's keep expectations reasonable. Let's get really low first. Because all these movies are just kind of fine. They yeah, are varying okay. levels of fine. <laughs> they're okay. Which are you more excited to see, the new uh, Marvel movie or the new Star Wars movie? I haven't watched the trailer for Star Wars yet. Rogue One. That's I haven't okay. watched it. I'm it's sure it's okay. fine. I'm sure it's fine. All it's these fine. movies are fine. Nothing's it's very fine. good. All right. Let's, uh, guys, let's just face facts. Nothing's very good. Nothing's as bad as the Lynx bus service, obviously, but nothing's very good either. Let's, let's all be real. <laughs> let's be real. Take nothing's a knee. Wow, take a knee. Anymore. Nothing's a, very good. Yeah, take Nothing's a knee very good right now. We're in a time of things being not very good. We go and see them because they're fun enough. They're nostalgic. They're whatever. But they're not very good. <laughs> like, if we want to actually talk about good. Quite true. Quite true. Um, so, Link's fucking monsters. They blocked me on Twitter. I hate them with a passion. They're clearly incompetent. Oh, yeah. Um, and I've applied for a job with them. What? Oh, yeah, I applied for a job. With the Link's bus system? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Infiltrate from get in and then destroy, right? Let me, let me just read this because it's amazing. Can you imagine if they hire you and you'd be like, guess who I am? Holy I, shit. Alex, I want nothing more than... I just want to be interviewed. I just want to be interviewed. <laughs> For the position of customer relations coordinator. <laughs> They're hiring for a customer relations coordinator. Oh, man. I, I, can you imagine? 
Link's ambassadors are held accountable for service for service excellence by continuously practicing and demonstrating the following service standards. Safety. Safety is everyone's business and our first priority here at Link's. Tell that to those kids that were standing on the bus the other day. <laughs> Courtesy. We present ourselves in a professional manner and treat everyone with the utmost respect, like when they left me standing in the rain, slowed down, and then kept driving. Efficiency! We take pride in knowing our jobs and doing things right the first time. Nope! <laughs> Cleanliness. We take pride in our personal appearance and work environment. Definitely not. It's a bus, let's be real. Like, I don't even really blame you guys for that one, but no, come on. Bus drivers are sketchy looking, buses are gross, it's just a fact. Because Lynx provides the community with much needed public transportation, it is important for us to, to resume our services as quickly and as safely as possible in the event of any natural, technological, or human-created... Oh, whatever. No, 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 no. Hold on. Uh, duties and responsibilities. Okay, this is now some listing of some of the uh, um, job... Uh, what the job is going to entail. Receives concerns, suggestions, compliments... Doesn't say anything about complaints. Assigns <laughs> to Lynx personnel to investigate. Reviews responses for dispensing resolutions to customers, administers the complaint justification program as a result of investigations and responses from affected parties, coordinates assignments and oversees the customer relations staff to provide follow-up to customers' concerns and suggestions. I want this job. <laughs> I, I, if I don't get this job, I'm gonna find out who does get this job and I am going to be their number one concern. Because yes. This is hilarious that this job posting exists. It makes me think that maybe no one has this job right now, and they've just kind of been letting the janitor do it, and that explains what's going on in my life and why I'm fucking blocked. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, that's what's happening. So I, yeah, I, did, I did the application over the weekend, and uh, we'll see. Nice. It pays more than I'm making now, but... So does being but, a professional bird feeder, so cool. But that's a tough job, man. I you want know this what job. you're in for. I want this job. I want it. I want it. It would be amazing. <laughs> Good luck. We're all rooting for you, Brad. If you need yeah. any recommendations, have put down the podcast number. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and, uh, but until course. such a time, please uh, um, send your hateful tweets to the Lynx bus system. <laughs> Can they block retweets? Re- retweets from you? Or could we I just all know. retreat what I, you're doing? Um, you feel free. Um, I mean, it certainly wouldn't hurt matters. Um, I, I think if you, like, quote, you know, if you do, like, a quote, quote a tweet thing, um, and then mention them in that, I think they'll get that. So. Just making sure. So just feel free. Sure. Let's, let's teach these fuckers a lesson, because they're the worst. And hopefully they'll be my future employers. I'm pretty sure you may have single-handedly forced them to get this position filled sooner rather than later. Hopefully. And hopefully, you just... What if you created a job for yourself? Uh, that would be great. Listen, that's what I do. I fucking... I, I'm... I listen. I fu- I'm a fucking bus hero, okay? Deal with it, people. Lynx, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. I'm coming to your fucking house. I'll put a camera up your nose. <laughs> He'll put a camera up your nose. He keeps it in his pocket. It's actually, it's a Kindle camera. I'm the cop. It stops It's going to stop. Did someone say Martha? Brad, um, I need you to tell me how some of these books end. 
Mm. Like, I don't know. I got my summer reading list. I don't know if I want to add these to it. I'm on the fence. And if you really recommend them and think they're great, then sure. Like, if they have a good ending, if it's worth it. But if not, I'd rather you just spoil it for me. Sure. Spoiler alert. If you want to wait and get spoiled on Belvedere, fast forward in the podcast mm. <laughs> and get ready for that spoiler. And if you don't want to get spoiled on Belvedere, then why are you listening to this show? You should have already watched it. Maybe you're yeah. watching for entertainment, and that's what it's part of it, is you just want to be at Belvedere uh, dictated to you through Brad and I's Ramjack lens. And that's cool. Hey, we appreciate it. Sure. Brad, this book is called Tell Me Three Things. Mm. Um, one of the critics of this novel has this to say three things about this novel one I loved it two I really loved it and three I wish I could tell every teen to read it so mm. we're starting with that a nonsense platitude for I it doesn't make it's whatever Brad everything about Jesse is wrong oh everything everything about Jesse's wrong oh boy at least that's what it feels like during her first week of junior year at her new ultra-intimidating prep school in Los Angeles. Such a little And then sentence. she meets Zach Morris. <laughs> Just when she's thinking about hightailing it back to Chicago, she gets an email from a person calling themselves somebody slash nobody. S-N for short. Offering to help her navigate the wilds of Wood Valley High School. Is this a hoax? <laughs> Or, or can she really rely on SN for some much-needed help? It's been barely two years since her mother's death, and because her father eloped with a woman he met online, Jessie has been forced to move across country to live with her stepmother and her pretentious teenage son. In a leap of faith or an act of complete desperation, Jessie begins to rely on SN and SN quickly becomes her lifeline and closest ally. Jesse can't help wanting to meet SN in person, but are some mysteries better left unsolved? Mm. Brad, how does this end? I don't... I mean, I'm hoping a Zach Morrissey was in there, which is why I'm asking Listen, you whether I should read I, I, it or not. I heard, how does it end? I heard a lot of keywords. I heard, um, I heard stepbrother. Um, I think we all remember the two-parter uh, um, about Jesse's stepbrother um, <gasps> on Save by the Bell. I think we all remember um, when they went to the Palm Sands for Jesse's father' wedding, Jesse's father's wedding to uh, and her new stepmom that she tried to murder. Hmm. Um, we all remember those times. <laughs> so. Is this is this loosely based on Saved by the Bell? Absolutely. But isn't everything loosely based on Saved by the Bell from anything? I mean, Ramjack is loosely based on Saved by the Bell. Joseph Campbell said that really everything is based on Saved by the Bell. That's what Joseph Campbell said. And he is an authority on saying things that people quote and are get tattooed on themselves. So I think we should probably listen to Joseph Campbell sometimes. Yeah, like definitely. just like when you're a freshman in college, or are like sh- a shitty writer, or uh, or Jesse, are, uh, and you're desperate to make. Are you Jesse, and you're desperate to make it in the world in this in this cutthroat high school with this S N. And Wood Valley High. Wood Valley High. Some somebody slash nobody. Did you say is that what it is? Somebody slash nobody. Now, but people call me S N. Is it a hoax? That's, oh, it, that's the thing. 
is it I suspect a hoax? That it's, I suspect it's a fucking hoax, Brad, but I it's don't know. It's a hoax. Oh, it's a hoax. It's absolutely a hoax. They got her. They got her. Oh, Jesse, you dummy. Jesse, you're such a dummy. You get oh off the bus God. straight from Chicago. Mm, oh check this boy. one out. Do you know a Balky so. Bartakamoose? Oh. Hey, why don't you why don't you go up to the pool on the roof? <laughs> gotcha. Oh boy. <laughs> um. <laughs> Where did that come from? Hackers. <laughs> That is an amazing, that's a deep cut and I really appreciate it. Yes. Um, <laughs> guys, it is a real fucking hoax because do you know who's fucking her over? It's her nemesis from her other school. No way. Yeah, she moved out here and she was like, oh, I miss my old school. Guess what? Your old school hated you too. You were too <laughs> dumb to realize it, you dummy. We've been, like, fucking with you for so long, and you're too dumb to realize it. But the thing is, now that you're not here, there's nobody that dumb to, like, fuck with anymore. So we're gonna fuck with you from a distance. We're malicious children. This is a story about a dummy that's being taken advantage of, but you really start to feel bad for her, even though she's the worst and she's so dumb. But it's like, what's with these people that are so fucked up? They're going to maliciously mess with her from afar. Maybe they're the ones that are actually fucked up. And that's what you learn in the end, is that these people, they're so warped and twisted, they've actually become worse than she is. And let me tell you, she's the worst. She's the worst. She falls for a hoax. (laughs) An elaborate cross-country hoax. Yeah. Hey, Wood Valley High isn't even in high school. In the end, she just, just kind of, like, changes her name, like, runs off to Vegas and starts stripping. <laughs> and awkwardly grinding Kyle MacLachlan. Oh, so Showgirls is is based on a book that's loosely based on Saved by the Bell, so we're half right. Oh, no, it You're, just kind of happens. It's just coincidence. Oh, purely coincidence. Oh, okay. Purely coincidental. Yeah. Now, um, then I, that person that, the person that um, um, fucked with her, though, um, and, like, hoaxed her... Um, that ends up becoming Pendulette in Hackers, which is an interesting oh. twist. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's a yeah, prequel to Hackers. Oh. Well, there you go. He's, oh, he's now, maintaining the Gibson. You see, um, now I kind of want to read this book. I think you've sold oh, me on it. The only question I have book. for you, can you tell me two of the three things that are in the title? The titular the titular question is, tell me three things. Or statement, I should say. Demand. Right. Can you Something tell me at least things. two of the three, if not all of them? I just... You can mix them up. I need them in order. I just don't want to... All right. One, you can't hack the Gibson. <laughs> nice. Uh, two, you can't. Two, there's not a pool on the roof, dummy. <laughs> um, <laughs> the three things I learned in junior high school, or my junior year in high school, there's never a pool on the roof. You can't hack Gibsons. Um, unless you got and, yeah, And also, um, um, there's no hope with dope. No hope with dope. And if that dope is you, it, oh, it's it's even worse. Truth, Brad. Truth. I'm adding this to my. I'm adding this to my library. Oh, tell me I'm three excited. things. By Julie uh, Buxbaum. Oh, Alex, I got a book for you, and no I want way. you to tell me. I want you to tell me how this ends. It's awesome. called Mountain Madness. Not Marble Madness. It's not Marble Madness. It's a Mountain Madness. Ah. A pair of terrifying plots. One involving a disturbing scheme to replace lost family members. The other featuring evil and deadly monsters. (gasps) 
That's Mountain Madness, and that is the description, Alex. That is all there is. Wait, what? A disturbing scheme to replace lost family members and evil, deadly monsters are two terrifying plots that somehow come together. Wait a minute. So, there's a plot to help replace family members. disturbing scheme. Yeah, it's a disturbing scheme to replace... In quotes, lost family members, and the other features an evil and features evil and deadly monsters. So That's they're not the same. Madness. They're not the same. So we're not replacing family members with monsters. <laughs> you tell me. You're the one that's read this, Alex. You're the one that knows all about it. Oh wait, what was the name of the book? Mountain Madness. Oh, okay. When you said it wasn't Marble Madness, I thought you said it wasn't Mountain Madness. Oh, I've read this, dude. You're, you're you would like this book. For sure, I think, personally. I think that you would really like it. Um, first off, because I remember... Remember that movie Arnold Schwarzenegger was in? Not Terminator 2, um, but the one where he gets cloned. It's the seventh day vi- or sixth day violation the or something. Day. The sixth day. Yeah, the sixth day violation, and Arnold gets cloned no, and all there's that. There's no other. violation. There's no violation. It's just the sixth day. The sixth day. Are you sure there wasn't a violation somewhere? <laughs> Alex, there are no violations. No one made a citizen's arrest or... There is a Johnny no Cab, but there are no violations. Okay, okay. I. Sometimes it's hard to get all these things mixed up. It's okay. Okay, here's the thing. Um, we all know it's hard to lose someone. We all know that. Um, Jesse, in the book we just talked about, the one you read, had a hard time losing her mom. And those kids fucking gave her a worse hard time. That poor girl. We all know it's hard. Um, but you know what's easy? To replace something. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, look, your iPad breaks, you get a new one. Mm-hmm. When your when your iPad breaks, when your iPhone, like any piece of technology in our current era, is easily replaceable. We're we're in not just the consumer economy, our consumer age. We're also in the replaceable age. I'm replacing everything in my life. If I can replace my phone, if I can replace, um, go with me here. Uh, oh God, the cereal box ran out of cereal. I'll replace it. Why mm. is it not that far of a leap to say, oh no? Um, my brother died. I'll replace him with a new brother. Mm-hmm. Now here's the sitch. Um, this is in the future where we can do those things. Right. Uh, the ice cap's kind of melted. It's it's about 150 years in the future. There's more islands and mountain islands. So these people are living on the top of a mountain that's surrounded by water now. Not quite water world. Not quite water world. Waterworld adjacent. Okay. But these people live in a community um, where our, the Rocky Mountains are basically what's left of the United States. There's a little bit of the Appalachian Mountains. That, this gets into a lot of weird world building you shouldn't concern yourself about, but it is fascinating. Half of the book is this really fascinating world building because this is a dystopian Whoa. future novel, which is well, I'm interesting. I'm Mountain Madness already. Oh, boy. Yeah, Mountain Madness. We I'm did this to ourselves. It. All right, so um, families. In this new futuristic world where we're all living on our mountaintops, because we have to, and also because technology allows us to, um, you, you've, we've, we've gone well past the point. You replace everything. Something bad happens, you replace it. So um, there's a the lead character is named Jimmy Tony. I don't know why he has two names. I, I thought that was the weakest part okay. of the book. All right. But Jimmy Tony. <laughs> Jimmy Tony. Uh, <laughs> his, his brother... 
Um, gets and, and he gets hurt. And well, actually, um, actually, he's fine. <laughs> and his name's uh, his name's Tommy Scotty. <laughs> well, you're not too far from the you're not oh. too far from the tree. I didn't want to spoil that yet, but something happened. How far from the tree am I? You're you're pretty close, okay. um, uh, because Jimmy Tony's brother. <laughs> Uh, Ralph Scotty. Ralph Scotty was actually Ralph what it Scotty. was. Ralph Scotty. I heard um, a review of this on NPR. He was in the... They were in... Uh, they were playing in the apple orchard, as kids do, and they slipped on a diseased apple, which is all the rage in the oh. future. Okay, yeah. And uh, he fell down a crevice. He's like, ah, Jimmy Tony! And he, he fell down. And Jimmy Tony was like, oh, no, my brother... Well, he's dead now. So Jimmy Tony goes back to his parents. He tells them this horrific story about how his brother slipped on a diseased fruit and then now is dead under under the ground in the crevice of these mountains. Those mountain caves, Brad, you know, are winding. So they're like, all right, well, let's get you a new brother. Here's the thing. Uh, brothers are not just a dime a dozen, even in the future. I mean, we replace them. And it's like, look, we got to replace your brother uh, I guess we'll go get one of the monsters. Now, a monster is what the future calls, because it's like a it's like a term of endearment. Uh, what they call, um, it's it's kind of a clone. What happens is you take the DNA of one person and you take the DNA that's not related to your family, and you take another uh, from whatever gender. Whether it's uh, if you have two dads, then maybe one of your dads. You have to have male children. If you have a, a two. A, you have to get a one person's DNA and another person's DNA, bring them together, and that's why everyone has two names. Um, so okay. they get a new... I thought you were about to explain where babies came from, and I was... Well, in the future, babies come from a test tube. Oh, so you okay. get two... Well, they can't. So they're like, okay, okay, let's get a new monster. That's what we're calling this crazy way we make children now. So um, let's, let's do this. So his parents... Um, Make another... So you're trying to say if, if two men have a child, it's a monster, is what you're saying. Well, no, and it's, all, it's all children... revolves around the little brother um, falling to a cavern after slipping on diseased fruits. Yeah, all the rage in the future. It's the best way to I get the best flavor. There's an undercurrent. No, of no, no. What I was trying to do. Like. Look, there's a lot of weird world building you shouldn't concern yourself with. It's there if you enjoy world building for the fir- like. It's like two thirds of the book. It's not really important okay. to the plot. You sound like a weird like right wing like. Well, no. I what I was know. trying to say is that you can make children from all genders like any combination you can genetically make children from in this future monsters. so they're monsters if well you they call if it's them not one man one woman it's a monster here's the thing in the book now i don't know if the author um who is definitely a trump supporter on their website and you will okay. overlook right. that you will overlook that because the plot is just like that one third huh. of the book that's all plot is good but like, okay. the two thirds is kind of mixed as far as like this weird uh, future I, you know but I in this know future I don't know about it either, actually, because it's kind of strange. Okay, long story short, this kid, in the process of getting a replacement brother, realizes that he was a replacement for another sibling. So Jimmy Tony is, like, distraught. He goes back to where his first monster brother died, because Jimmy Tony's young. He doesn't know how the world works. And he's kind of weird about this. And then he hears basically like a, hey, Jimmy Tony. And he looks down, and he's like, oh, my God, my brother. And it turns out there's a whole group of people living in these caves that are like, fuck that weird test tube shit. 
we're gonna embrace this monster lifestyle, but we're not really monsters. Obviously, we're not monsters. They do some kind of weird thing. There's some kind of competition. They overthrow the government, and there you go. All's right with the world. And everyone goes back to one name, not two first names. Mm. But they also make their own name. Jimmy Tony actually becomes uh, Jamiroquai, which I think is a little weird. I like Jamiroquai, the the uh, music artist, but it came out of nowhere. It's like, why would this kid ever know about Jamiroquai? It's not like there's there's no reference to Jamiroquai. This kid comes up out of nowhere. It's a little unbelievable. A little, a really believable though if you go to the author's website for lots of reasons. It's fine. All I'm saying is, I don't know if Mount Madness is good for you. I don't know if you would. I don't. I, I think you might like it because like it's zany. It's not my kind of thing. I don't like that kind what of propaganda. What if I, what if I said that the monster thing, has started with pets and there's a lot of dogs with the first two names running around this mountain of madness. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Alright. No. Okay. Okay. What do you think of the name Jimmy Tony? <laughs> not, a, not a great name. Not a great name at all. It's I didn't really think so either. It was very weird to read two names. Uh, his brother? I was, ooh. Ugh. Ugh. Hmm. It's a weird book. I don't know if you're going to like Mountain Madness. But it's out there. I mean, it's a light read. Huh. 800 pages. Again, two thirds. World building. Don't know about that. There's a weird fantasy element, but I didn't, I didn't think it's not important. God, I, think I'll, I think I'll pass on it. I think I'll pass. Friends, it is that super special time of the week where we talk about our dear, dear friend, Mr. Belvedere. Streets on the China never mattered before. Who cares? Guys, every time we watch an episode of television or a movie, we try to pit ourselves against a clock. Brad has a minute to summarize this episode of Mr. Belvedere, or there are consequences. Oh First consequence, if he can't do it in uh, at least 55 seconds, he's a chump. If he lands between 55 to a minute, he wins. If he goes over a minute, he's committed the seventh day, sixth day violation, and uh, he has forgotten. No one wants that. But if Brad hits a minute on the dot, he's a brave heart. And we know he's a brave yes. heart, ladies and gentlemen. We know he's a brave heart. I have confidence in Brad. Brad, you can do this. All right. I have a stopwatch up. You let me know when you're ready, friend. Prepare all right, yourself. All right. I'm going to be discussing the episode Used Cars, by the way. The episode is Season 6, Episode 9, Used Cars. <laughs> <laughs> We're really trying with those episode titles. Um, <laughs> you know what? I think I can do this. There's not much to it, so let's do it. All right. You're going to go on go. Three, two, one, go. All right, guys. Listen, Kevin's car's broken down. Oh, no. What's he going to do? His parents won't lend him money because they hate him and, like, Marsh is a lawyer again, so she can't use that money for Kevin's car. She's gonna, I guess, buy her car again? I don't know. Who the hell knows? Um, I forget. Um, so Kevin's gonna get a job with, uh, Carl at Carl's uncle's shifty-ass, uh, used car dealership. 
Um, it's the sketchiest thing in the world. Kevin, again, proves himself to be the worst human. Um, he gets fucked over by an old lady, and then he decides to take it out on everybody else and screws a lot of people over. There's some sketchy people that he apparently schemes over, but really, I think they're scamming him as well. He pretends to be honest Kevin Owens, dressed up like Abe Lincoln. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's terrible. Meanwhile, Belvedere, um... Maybe he wants to leave so everyone tries to be really nice so that he'll feel like it's okay to leave So then he's ready to leave and they're like wait don't we don't want you to leave please stay and he's like okay I'll stay the end of episode One minute Brad well done that was super close <laughs> That was super close friend. Yeah, I, was, I, I get the end. I was like, um, hmm, I don't know how to really explain this Belvedere thing. It's really weird. I was and, getting nervous. No, no. And it's it's essentially the used car of the episode because, as you mentioned before we started recording, I'm pretty sure they've done this plot before. It's a reused Belvedere plot. I, yeah, I feel like there have been a couple of... I, more than one, I think, where they either they need to prove to Belvedere that they still need him to be there or that they're okay without him or it's okay for him to leave if he wants to. Or, like They've done that a few times. Yeah. It's weird. So yeah, we start off and George is excited to go uh, buy a garden snake or what is it? Uh, uh, a garden weasel. For garden, what the hell is a garden weasel? Dude, I have to look that up right now because I have no idea. Alex, you are a homeowner. You should know what a garden weasel is. I've never had a garden other than a weasel. Oh, a garden Dude. weasel looks like it's something that helps to oh. till the land. A garden weasel looks like terrifying. How did this get the name Garden Weasel? It's essentially three, like, spurs, overly large spurs that you put in the ground to help till things, I guess? Ugh. I'm not even 100% sure of its purpose. I'm pretty sure these were used in the Spanish Inquisition. Oh, de definitely. Yeah, it's a cultivator. Cultivator. I'm sorry, I don't know why I said cultivator. A lot of weird pronunciations, guys. I apologize. Oh, boy. Uh. There's a gardenweasel.com. I'm, I'm there right now. <laughs> There's even... Did you see the uh, weasel nut gatherers where you roll something on the ground and it collects nuts into this kind Alex, of aluminum bin? Alex, you're on the wrong website. I don't want to hear anything about weasel nut gatherers, all right? Uh, it's, it's not okay. <laughs> um, the Garden Weasel Company offers a wider range of garden tools, including garden, nut grabbers. Garden and S&M tools. Well, yeah, it says right there on the homepage, garden and S&M tools. Hmm. There's a weasel pro claw. Ugh. Yeah, these things look scary. So, George is going to get a garden weasel. Who knows why? Who knows why? He's not doing any gardening, right? George and Marsha are leaving the house. Uh, Kevin comes in. Hey, guys. You'll never guess. His car Sorry. died under the underpass. It's Dunzo. He just needs a little bit of money so he can uh, get some new wheels. Which, as he's saying this... Brad, let me put you in a, a mild situation. Okay. You, your child comes to you on Hello, the weekend. child. You're about to go to the Garden Weasel. Mm -hmm. um, they stop Listen, and What you me say, and my hey. wife do in our own private life is like our business. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's part of the, why you go to Garden Weasel, the discretion. Is that a post hole digger or something else? <laughs> Yikes. You don't know from the packaging. <laughs> you don't know from don't, the packaging. Ugh. I don't know. It's a Garden Weasel. Um, so your child comes in to stop you and it's like, hey, real quick, my car is broken down. Um, what do you say to that? Just hearing that. 
Um, Be a parent I, I for once in your life, Brad. Maybe the first. I, guess, I know you're not a parent. I'm just saying, try to parent. Uh, well, I think, what do you do? I think first, um, put yourself in the shoes of Marsha and George, Brad. We can say a lot of things, but I don't think you ever put yourself in their shoes. Ugh, the gross shoes. Um, uh, <laughs> first, I think the question is. Uh, like, where's the car now? Like, how did you get here? Did you take a tow? Is there a tow truck situation? Like, did somebody drop you off? Like, what? how immediately did your car just break down? What is the situation? Brad, you're already a much better parent than the Owens um, because you actually asked questions about what was happening and was curious about how everything was going on. George's first response is, here comes the squeeze. Yeah. Immediately, this kid's gonna try to get money from me fucking again. Look, I told you, we're not gonna, we didn't put you through college. I'm not giving you anything. Go, go away. Get away out. Get out of here. Shoo, shoo. Get out from underfoot. Yeah. It's, they're terrible people. They really are. And like, they don't even like, I mean, I feel like you at least gotta like, like, you know, even if you're not gonna financially like help out, I feel like you gotta be like, well, let's uh, let's sit down and like try to come up with some plans. What are the options? Like, how much money do you have? What's wrong with the car? Can it be fixed? Do you have AAA? Like, did like how what what's going on? <laughs> is there is, where's the car now? Like, how did you get here? I'm because like we find out that the, he left the car like under the overpass and he apparently walked to the house. Was like, this down the street? I mean, this was like, before the age of Uber, which... Did you get your shit out of the glove box? Like, what, uh, like... <laughs> it was a different time in the 80s, Brad. You just left your car everywhere, doors unlocked, and no one would bother it. Are any of your $8,000, like, college textbooks, like, still in the car that we need to go rescue before they get stolen by, like, some drug addict to, to sell for crack? In the pit, Brad? That can happen in a heartbeat. <laughs> Listen, Kevin, what the fuck are you doing? Those college textbooks are more valuable than that car. Now, I don't know, in the 80s, maybe things were slightly different, but still, college textbooks have always been expensive. Oh, quite true. Probably a better investment than some of these cars that we're going about to get to. Yeah. So Kevin is getting hes getting no support from his family, yeah. which is, I mean, look, every family is different. It's cool. Uh, his which, friend comes in. Um, okay, now this is crazy. So, again, let's take Kevin at his word that his mm-hmm. car broke down and then he walked to his parents' house. Yeah, yeah. He Okay, so he goes in, talks to his parents for a second, his parents leave, and then immediately Carl walks in the door as George and Marsha are leaving. What? What's the scenario that Carl was coming to Kevin's house? Did Kevin, like, stop and phone Carl on the on the payphone on the way to his parents' house? Like, that what's Carl actually, doing there? I'm pretty sure that's what may have happened in the 80s. He goes to a payphone, pops in a quarter, um... Calls Carl up. Hey, Carl, meet me at my place. The place Carl, that you... My, wait, I'm Carl, not sure, my, Kevin, but where do you live again? Is it your parents' house or is it your apartment? Like, where? what is your living situation? I, I, I gotta go, Carl. Just meet me at my parents' house. But here's Done. the thing. Okay, Kevin makes a deal of having walked to the house. I feel like the phone call would have been something like, Hey, Carl, my car just broke down. Um, could you come pick me up give me a ride to my parents' house? But it seems like the conversation was more like, hey, Carl, my car broke down. I'm going to walk to my parents' house. Um, I guess um, if you pass me on the way there, would you give me a ride? Why not just wait at your car for Carl to come pick you and anything from your glove box up and then give you a ride to your parents' house? I mean, gas was super cheap. The 70s through the 80s, even early 90s, was all about driving your car around. 
Why the fuck wouldn't Carl drive his car to go get Kevin, right? Carl was on the way to the Owens' house for whatever reason, seemingly to meet up with Kevin, but like, he, why wouldn't Kevin just wait there in his car for the ride? What's Carl gonna do in the Owens' house by himself with Belvedere yeah. and all the family waiting for Kevin? Kevin? That's awkward. Just waiting for Kevin. It's like, oh hey guys, it's me, Carl. Kevin's car broke down and I'm here to wait for him. Why didn't you As pick an- him up? Cause I'm a shitty friend. As an as as people who love Mr. Bell and have watched the show since season one, um, I don't feel comfortable enough with Carl to let him inside of the Owens house. No, <laughs> Willie Garson, Willie Garson, get out of my house. Look, if it was Braceface, that's different. Of course, sure. Braceface is welcome anytime. Savvy Angela, you come on in, girl. You're part of the family. You might be part. We're not sure yet. Um, but Carl, Carl's the Carl. one who Kevin. Carl's the one who Kevin up with that girl that he almost raped. Yeah, he's Carl's the one that was he was he was the one that was a, a fucking gigolo first. Carl's the friend you keep at a distance. Carl has a track record of seediness, and it doesn't stop. But I mean, it just continues in this episode. So Carl rolls. But in. here's the thing: Carl may be seedy, but Kevin always picks up that baton and takes it a little bit farther. You know, you're right. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why Kevin is the worst. Kevin doesn't get a break, but Kevin doesn't really deserve a break. No, Maybe Kevin he does. Kevin, I don't know. Kevin gets introduced to a bad situation and makes it morally wrong. How much older is the actor who plays Carl compared to Kevin? Because Carl walked in question. this episode and I thought, holy shit, that man is a man. <laughs> Carl is masquerading as a 20 a something. Carl is easily pushing 28, maybe 30. All right, Willie Garson was born in 1964. Um, so he's 20... 64, 74. So he's 24 wait, at 84. Who's the actor that plays Kevin? Um, oh my goodness. I thought his name was Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, um... <laughs> secrets. Is it Jimmy Tony? <laughs> Rob Stone. Rob Stone was born in 62. He's older than Willie Garson. Really? Would not suspect that. Intriguing. And they're both pretty young. I mean, they're both late 20s. Rob Stone was also in a TV movie of Revenge of the Nerds. Um, uh, okay. Oh, it's an unaired pilot based on the movie. Oh. Wow. Is that somewhere? And he was the lead. Is that what we he should was gonna, watch? He was, he was to play Lewis. He was going to be the lead. That's kind of crazy. Did they film it and they just never made it? Yeah. Well, they made it, obviously. They just never released they, it. Yeah, they made it. They just never re- released it. Yeah. Oh, please let that be on YouTube somewhere. Seriously. we got to find that. I watched Revenge of the Nerds for the first time maybe a few weeks ago. Did I mention that on the show at all? No. Um, nah, it's just as weird and stupid as you think it would be. I don't know why. There were people at work talking about it. I was like, guys, I've heard that movie was gross and stupid. No, 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 it's actually pretty... And I was like, that's... I don't think so. But I was at night. I was doing something. I needed something I couldn't pay attention to. It was on HBO. I was like, all right. Bad. Just bad. Horrible. Gross and many... Scary in many parts. It's not... Not funny at all. You know, I, I don't know if I've Disturbing. ever actually watched them all the way through. Is is the first one, is the one where there's a straight-up rape? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, not just that, but straight-up violations of really off-color jokes at the expense of homosexuals. Like, just... Well, yeah, but there's also a straight-up rape. Like, 
right? Like, let me like somebody pretends to be somebody else and like fuck somebody, and then it's like, ah, it was actually me that you were having sex with, not your boyfriend. Gotcha. Okay, Brad. Let me set up two things in the movie that were insane. So let's say you were throwing a party. Um, a, a whole nother sorority comes to your fraternity house. You guys are having an awesome party. You're getting along. It's fun. Suddenly, thirty-eight adolescent pigs are released from your back porch into your house, just running around rampant and crazy. Party ruined. You go outside, the uh, the sorority and fraternity who were responsible for it laugh at you from across the street and then go back to their go about their business. What would you do in retaliation to that? I, would you bother yourself? What I would, would you do? I, I would just get the pigs out. Like I don't. I just want to clean everything now because pigs are gross. Um, I don't have time for retaliation. I've got to clean up after fucking pigs, which are disgusting. Though I, why are we? I fuck retaliation. I don't. Uh, no, fuck off. Like don't. I don't mean a fraternity or a sorority. That's much my response. I think I reevaluate everything in my life, and I realize that fraternities and sororities are not something I need to be a part of because p- pigs get in your house, and. I don't want pigs in my house. Okay, I forgot to set this part up. You've already gone to the board of fraternity slash sororities, and they're not doing anything about these people bullying your sorority fraternity. Oh, then so I quit. You, then I quit. You just quit? Yeah. <laughs> you quit the sorority? I'm just going to quit. I'm going to go back to pedestrian lifestyle. I don't have to I don't, be in a fraternity slash sorority. You guys, you're the worst. Um, I mean, really, it's, it's a competition against ourselves. It's stupid. I No, I'm done. I'm That's, done. Yeah. I'm going to go get my homework done. I'm going to get out of college and go get a job. Thank you, but I'll pass. This is what the Revenge of the Nerd crew does. They get all their surveillance equipment. They cause a distraction in the sorority house because they're targeting the sorority first. Those bitches have it coming, Brad. They go in there and do something called a panty raid where I guess you just run into a sorority and steal women's underwear. Gross and weird already. While they're doing that, they have people on the roof, inside the hider-in-the-house situation, like up in the attic, drilling holes and placing cameras in all the bathrooms in every woman's room. They have a radio surveillance that goes back to their house. After they're ran out of the sorority house, they go back and then just watch these women get naked and just live their lives. And that is what they decide to do as retaliation. (laughs) Gross. What is fucking wrong with you? There's a difference between another sorority and fraternity releasing pigs in your house and you directly violating their privacy. That's not funny. That's not getting back at anyone. That's fucking gross. Because they don't know they're being, you're getting back at them. You're just like. It's not getting back at them. It's straight up. No, you're just taking, you're just justifying you being a monster. Yeah, that's a monster tactic. Them putting pigs in your house has nothing to do with you being a psychotic monster. Even if the pigs caused mass havoc, which they kind of did, and like they you do, trouble they're pigs. Out. They're gross. It's what, what do we do with house. all these pigs? Mass havoc is having a pig in your house. One pig is too many pigs in the house. Pigs do not belong in houses. But I can see that being prankish, and like that was stupid. Fuck you. I'm quitting. But not. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I want to hide up in your house, and I want to get surveillance equipment, and I live here now. No, you can't spy on people and take pictures of them naked just for... That's not getting back at them. No, that's this not is, vengeance. That's like... That's, that's just gross. being the worst. <laughs> that's just one of many, many yeah. 
gross things in nope. that movie. I was like, fuck this film. But I would be really interested to watch it with Kevin for a TV set, because I'm sure they wouldn't go to those kinds of extremes. I, it would be a little bit more lighthearted. I don't know. Maybe that's just wishful Who knows? thinking. Um, so, Carl's like, hey, why don't you come work with me at, at my uncle's uh, used car lot? It sounds like a pretty good deal. You can make some money and then uh, get a car. Oh, by the way, Kevin saved up $400 um, <laughs> that he wants to, that he's like, hey, will that get me anything? Carl's like, Dollars. no, it will not. No. Have you ever heard of a Tonka truck? <laughs> Come on, Kevin, let's go to the lot. Listen, Kevin, you know what you can you know what you can do with your four hundred dollars? You can take your four hundred dollars and you can go to Shoney's like every <laughs> night for a week. That's what you can do with your four hundred dollars. And you'll wanna do that because that's the best show on this side of the pit. Sixty-five dollars for a murder mystery and a Shoney's? That's it's not even a full week of entertainment amazing. at Shoney's. That is Kevin's really like, ah, oh, Kevin's got $400 that he's saved up for. Imagine, Kevin, you have that $400 and then you don't. But what you do have is a week full of mysteries you've solved. Hmm, whodunits. I'm ready for anything. So they go and do that. We get started on B-plot, which is basically Belvedere gets a letter from the queen. Belvedere gets a mysterious letter and he won't tell anybody what it's about. Yeah. And, all right, into the credits. Whatever. I mean, Heather speculates that it might be some kind of torrid romantic affair, but her and Wesley T. think about it for the briefest of moments and think, gross, no, Belvedere? <laughs> Never. And right. we get the credits. <laughs> then we get an awesome establishing shot of the used cars yeah. uh, lot, which is pretty cool. And, dude, I'm just looking at the prices of these cars, and it's like... I mean, I know these are used cars, but I'm like, that's so crazy. Like, you could buy used a car... Used cars in the 80s. You could buy a car in the 80s for, like, $1,000. Like a brand new one, right? Like, you can buy a car for $1,000. Wait, a, a used like, car I, I just, a new one? I thought you could get used new cars in the 80s for, like, what? 12000 15000 no, fifteen hundred. I mean, like, yeah. I don't know how much do cars go for now. I haven't bought a car in well over a decade at this point. Um, you're you're not you're you're not buying a new car for you're not buying you're not buying any decent used car for less than five thousand dollars. In now times, yeah, you now get it times. for a grand then. Yeah. As Brad's looking up prices, let me set the scene. They go to what looks like a used car lot, obviously. Every one of these cars looks like better condition than most used car lots. Um, uh, Carl introduces Kevin to his uncle, some sort of relative. And this guy, I don't know if, if he's gunning for best dress or worst dress. He's got a oh, very a real, weird jacket. Oh, it's a challenge. Um, and yeah, like I thought, um, uh, new cars um, on the low end, uh, you could buy a Suzuki Swift for... Six thousand seven hundred dollars and ninety-three. Jesus, brand new. Brand new. I'm seeing a uh, fourteen thousand to twenty thousands kind of like you know average price. On the low end, you can get a car for yeah around seven thousand dollars new. Uh, twenty thousand dollars cars new now is impossible. That's not happening, yeah. right? No, no. There's some like super budgets that might be fifteen thousand. Like the lowest you can buy a brand new car right now, I'm assuming is fifteen thousand to sixteen thousand. Yeah. And that's with 
that's with old school tech. Yeah, and I'm I'm like because I'm looking at hopefully in the future buying a used car and like six thousand dollars is like you're you're just you I might be able to get by get something used that'll do for six thousand dollars maybe have, probably have car prices garbage. really inflated that much yes I mean I guess so it's that's yes. that's weird that's weird especially since the whole it's... car industry like tanked not too long ago. Oh. And it's still, and, and I mean, they're saying that it's coming back. It ain't. It's, if anything, people aren't buying as many cars because everyone has, like, it's weird. All that to say, Brad, I wish you luck in that, friend. It sucks that that's, that this has happened since the 80s, but it is kind of interesting to think about the prices back then. But just, everyone I, on, oh, go ahead. So crazy. I just see these cars, and I'm like, I, just, I could go buy one of those cars. Like, I just think about, like, kids now like you think about like a kid that wants to like you know turn 16 is like all right i'm gonna get a part-time job and save up money to buy a car no you're not no you're not never never how does a kid save six thousand dollars they can't physically impossible i mean because kids are still making the same wages they've made yeah minimum wage it would take you how much would a kid even make a year $200 $200 or $300 every two weeks. Let's just say on average. I'm not sure what the average child's paycheck is working part-time. And that's assuming part-time. Full-time. Well, a kid can't work full-time. What am I talking about? Kid, yeah. <laughs> they right, they got school. They're not going to... Maybe in the summer. Twenty. Let's say that kid's wanna, working 24 hours. And let's be generous. Let's say they're making $9 an hour. All right. Before taxes, they're making $216 a week. Okay. Before taxes. Now, times, multiply that times the number of weeks in a year. This isn't a leap year. Not that that matters. That's an extra day. We don't have to okay, factor b- that in. Before taxes, they're making $11,000 a year. Before taxes. Wow. That's good money for a child, no, I guess. What, what, what are you talking about? Dude, when I was a kid, I didn't make any money until I started having a job. I don't know how much money I made. All right, Alex. Let's, all right, let's take out the tax... Let's, You're let's assuming just... they're working 24 hours a day. That's not realistic. Most kids will not work seven days a week, even five that's days a, a week. 24 hours a week. I, I feel like that's on the high end of, of what I worked at Kroger. Okay, yeah. I guess that's about what I worked at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. In the buckle. $150 a week. Okay, all right. I feel like I made much less than that. I feel my checks were usually 70 to $90, but, you know, whatever. So they're probably making like $8,000 a year. And they're not going to... Uh, that would take you a year to save up for a car then. Modern times. And let's not, not, let's not also take into account... Um, you got you to gotta, you gotta date. Dating is yeah. totally different now as a kid. You got to do that prom much, pose, proposal. That's going to set you back at least three grand. Can't get the car money, now. Think about the money you're spending on college applications. Um, oh. The amount of money you're spending on um, going into Perkins um, and the, other coffee shops late in the night. Oh. The amount you're spending All, at Taco Bell. The amount you're throwing out um, clothes. 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 You got to have House Jordans number one. You got to have your house. Definitely. You have your shoes for Definitely. your house. You got to have mm-hmm. your shoes for your car if you ever um, get one. You got to come hey, correct. Hey, old man Alex, do you know what we didn't even fucking think of? What? Think about how much you're spending on your fucking phone. Jesus, because fuck. You're a teenager. You're a That's teenager. That's $100 a month. That's $100 a month easy. That's $100 a month easy. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're making $150 a week. A hundred of that's your phone. Cause guess what, teenagers living now, you have to have phones. God, we're let's so assume, old, we didn't even think about phones. I know, it's, <laughs> let's just assume that that's two grand off the top. That's two grand off the top. You are not getting a car this year, Jimmy Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Tony, you're not getting a car for three years. No! I hope you got a savings account, Jimmy Tony. It's not happening. I hope your it's, college bro gives you this car. How does a kid do anything? Like, kids are fucked. Kids are fucked. They've always been... Well, no, kids have not always been... Well, I guess kids have always been fucked. No, I don't know. Kids are super fucked now. Kids are super fucked. There's so many questions to go into. The cell phone thing has just taken me back so much that we didn't think yeah. about that that it bothers me that I it didn't think about it. freaks me out that that wasn't the first thing because obviously... Okay. Here's some statistics I've read this week. So, um, children now, no interest in driving. They're like, fuck that. Like Brad has laid out here on Ramjack, they realize that it's not something they can really sustain and attain. Because you're also, something else we forgot, insurance for that car. Maintenance on that $6,000 car. You're going to run into problems. They are just, fuck it. A lot of kids are doing, like, from college age kids now down to driving age. Here's the reverse trend that uh, automakers are excited about. Kids younger than the driving age, we're talking like, I guess, 11-year-olds and below, are excited about driving when they get older. Now, why you would bank on the whimsies of an 11-year-old or younger about their aspirations for driving, I have no fucking idea, because that's... That's that is shaky ground. That is ooh. Yeah. That's quicksand. That's fucking ridiculous. It's not going to change. Don't, yeah, they don't realize they don't have money yet. They're too young oh. to know they don't have money. Of course they want to be like, "Yeah, I can't wait to get older and get a car like mom or dad." It's like that kid has no concept of reality, but these grounded like 14-year-olds are like, "Fuck this. I'm not going to be able to buy a car. I've been working for 2 years. I can't even get a PlayStation 4." <laughs> Yeah. What the fuck? I can barely pay for my phone. <laughs> I can barely pay for this thing, which I have to have. Fuck you. Get out. Get fuck. Get out of here. You're not wanted. Those There's 11 new and 12 year olds. Every year, Alex. New iPhones every year. How do you fucking buy a car? Those 11, 12 year olds are gonna get older, and like, unlike their older siblings who are saying, "All right, fuck cars. I'm getting a bike, a bus pass, and my phone. That's all I need out of life." Those kids are gonna get older and realize, "Well, fuck. I can't afford a bike." <laughs> and then the bike industry's gone because at that point, things have gotten so crazy. They've gotta walk. There's no, there's nothing. It's just like, fuck, fuck bikes. I don't wanna wa- I'll walk around. I'm gonna start running like the bag of chips tells me to do. Question. What's up? Are teenagers making out in Ubers? Oh, they've got to be. Is that what's happening? That is totally happening. That is totally happening. Teenagers. Teenagers. I know you're out there listening um, to our teenage audience. Hey, teens. What's up? um, Parents of teenagers. um, Anybody that knows what's going on with teenagers. Listen, we clearly don't. We're fucking old dying monsters. Um... Are teenagers making out in Ubers? Is that a thing? That's gotta that be a to, thing. That's gotta be a thing, man. That's gotta be a thing. Okay, now here's something I, I just want to... Let, let's. I'm gonna get a little personal with this, and I don't normally do that on the podcast. So, I, I'm i buying a house again. 
and selling my house. We've got to move school districts and stuff. It's fine. It's it should it should be fun. And every house we go to, I think about Joey as a teenager and what if he would if he would enjoy the neighborhood, if he would enjoy the house. And I thought if I was a teenager up to antics, which I know he's going to be, does this house accommodate that or does it thwart that? And do I want to accommodate that with the house purchase or thwart it? I go into a house to, the other day over the weekend. I went in and went to the basement and thought this could be a really cool like bachelor pad for a kid, like a like a teenage a teenager. His friends right. come over. He's got this bathroom. He's got this cool uh, like there's a things big enough for a room. We got a cool place back there. We could put in, like a microwave and a fridge. I could see him having fun here. Older Emily's not hearing any of it. She's like, "What do you mean? He's not gonna? What are you talking about? He's not gonna? He's not gonna be a?" He, I was like. Emily, he's gonna get into, he's gonna get into mischief. <laughs> we can either embrace it, or we, or we've got to think about these things. So I'm always thinking about Joey through all of his ages, like mm-hmm. when he's like a tween, and he can't ride a bike because he can't afford it with his job at 13, making <laughs> pennies. Is this neighborhood gonna provide him enough space when he's older? Is this gonna be okay for him? Got to be thinking about the kids. You got to be thinking about mm, the kids. Definitely. Automakers, I think you're going to be disappointed when they get older. Most definitely, most definitely. Kids, kids can't buy cars. Rich kids can buy cars. Like kids can't buy cars. They Adults can't. with good credit Not- can buy cars. No one else can buy cars. Oh, he's going to have to get a credit card now. We got to get that kid a credit card so he can start his credit early. You like? I've heard about people doing that though. Are like, you fucking you know, like, serious? That was a no, like, joke. No, but like they like as soon as they can, like like they get like a credit card like in like the like it usually has to be like you know older teenager or something um, before you can get like you know even like a secured credit card and you just like get in their name and you don't even tell the kid about it. You just like keep it cloaked out and you just you know pay make sure you know you do it like a an adult human and you just put yeah. a you know a small charge on it and just make sure you're using it every month to get some utility out of it and paying it off. And you just, like, start building, like, good credit for, like, a kid early on. So then by the time they actually need credit, they've already got good credit. That's actually fucking brilliant. Yeah. So not only do I have to worry about, is Joey going to be able to make out with a chick down here in this basement? Or dude, I don't know what's going on with him yet. He's a little kid. And is he going to be able to get away with that in this house? Now i got to worry about, do I, is a credit card for this kid? Seriously. <laughs> I, I, we should open a line of credit with him this weekend, is what you're telling me. Or he's not like, going like, to have a chance. Like, he's not going to have a chance. At 16, you got to open up, like, a secured credit. And then, like, get that going and put, like, a regular, like, just put, put your Netflix bill on it. And then just pay it off every month. And then, like, a little bit later, like, open up a second one. So then there's, like, a regular credit use. Listen, guys, I've been doing a lot of research over the last year on, like, um, improving your credit and ways to do that. Um, it's kind of, it's a crazy world out there. Um, but like, there's all kinds of stuff you can do if you're like a good parent with enough money to like, you know, invest in your child's future. The idea of a child having a credit card, and I know they do. I remember working and having 16 year olds get credit cards is staggering. You don't know how to handle money at that age unless you're trained. That was also a time when we were giving out credit willy nilly before the crash. Dude, it's really now hard it's to get much credit harder. now. Yeah, which Way is harder. why you got to build up a kid's credit as early as you can, secretly, without them knowing. Don't let them know that there's a credit card with their name on it. You get, you got to do the opposite of what my mother did. My mother put a lot of shit in my name because she didn't want to pay her bills, and then she fucked over my credit for the rest of my life. Uh, which, luckily, at this point, almost all of the fraudulent things have fallen off. There's like a couple nice. more. 
Um, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But that has impacted everything else as well, which has stopped me from having being able to get credit up until this point, which has not helped my credit. Which so I have very little credit history, except these terrible, horrific things. So, which should be credits. illegal. Like it is. You illegal. say adults put taking credit cards out for children is something people are doing. I think that is a. It should be illegal. You shouldn't be able to get a credit card for a five year old or even a twelve year old. I no. I think it's. I I think I think you have to be like sixteen. I think you have to be like of okay. a working age. Oh well, that's but, different. And that's then easy. I thought you were yeah, telling I, me to get Joey a credit no. card now at five years old. I should get no, this child six, a credit card. 15, and like that's insane. What's he gonna? Fifteen, sixteen, like a secured credit card. So you know, there's you put money up front. And, but you just, like, manage it. And don't let the kid know about it. So that way, the, you already have good credit before the kid actually has credit. Hmm. But see, I was thinking, like, okay, a five-year-old gets a credit card now. I don't let them know about it at all. They get 15, and suddenly they have, uh, what's a crazy credit limit? A $15,000 credit limit. Yeah. What? You're welcome. You're, the kid's also, also, check out that that, kid's also fucked. Yeah, that kid's pretty fucked. Not if he has, like, an awesome credit limit. Like, if you keep them to be responsible, it just means yeah, that, but hey, that's keep this thing. up. You give a kid a $15,000 credit limit, they go to freshman year of college, oh, that kid's Ooh. fucked for life. Yeah, that kid is, okay, you're you right, a, you're right. Like, if you're going to do this thing where you manage a kid's credit, and I think back in the day you could get a credit card for really young kids. Um, you just had to finagle the paperwork and be sketchy. Because um, I know some things got in, uh, some bills were put in my name before I was, like, 15, so I don't know how that works, but... Um, it's now so it's weird. much harder, but still, like, you gotta cloak it out and not let the kid realize it until the kid's responsible enough to handle a credit card. Interesting. Very interesting. Alright, so, to get back to both <laughs> Yes. Crazy car lot. Everyone has got the craziest outfits. Oof. It is bonkers. I love, I love the car guy's first jacket. It's pretty crazy. It's got some kind of strap in the back. It's some That's, sort of like what looks like f- it's not floral print. It may be. No, it's, look, it's, it's like a paisley, I think. A large paisley, but it has this strange strap in the back to the like strap keep in the it back taut. Is what sells it. I yeah, like the strap. I mean, because it also I have to agree. I mean, he's got like a weird gold necklace on. Yeah. Carl's wearing some sort of weird getup with like plaid pants. Kevin's rolling up to the scene saying, "Hey, put me in, coach," and the guy says, "Sure." I'm going to say a lot of things that are get people suspect of me because I'm a used car salesman and that's the stereotype I'm doing. But he's not far off because fuck used car salesmen. I'm sorry if there's used car salesmen here. I'm sorry if there are. But I've had personally bad experiences with them. I don't appreciate it. Ooh, it's getting real. One bad apple, Brad. That one virus-ridden apple. apple. (laughs) One disease apple will ruin the bunch. But still it's better than um, if they were made with genetic science and chemicals to be healthy gross give me a disease gross apple i like those apples it tastes better to me to me personally how, i don't know about, how about you those apples i like the gross <laughs> diseased ones full of worms diseases and worms delicious you just cut them right healthy out healthy fresh be- fruit gross <laughs> look i can get two bites out i'd rather have two bites out of my diseased apple than a whole apple i don't care if you can eat the core I don't it's want it to eat my way. core. It is healthier. It is healthier. Don't let them tell you well, different. Mm, I'll look at all this protein added to my apple. Mm, the worm. So Kevin uh, comes home and is like, hey, parents, I got a job. What are you doing? Oh, uh, well, I'm a, uh, I'm a used car salesman. Womp, womp, womp. Cool, I guess. They're like, well, There's it's not stigma. that bad. 
I mean, it, it makes makes lawyers look better. Wangity wangity wangity. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. Yeah, Marsh is right there, right? <laughs> like, you you hate each other, right? <laughs> so, uh, um, Belvedere's on the phone, clearly rejecting an offer from Buckingham Palace. In which time, uh, Heather and Wesley coming come in wearing crazy jackets. Heather's outfit is insane. Because I don't... At first, I didn't know what was happening. She's got it's, a blue jacket with the sleeves rolled up, and they're white. Huh, so she looks like she yeah. has a white cuff. But then there's four inches of a brown shirt, long sleeve shirt she's wearing underneath it, that also uh-huh. has a cuff. At first, I thought it was some sort of like weird forearm leather covering. It's not. It's, it's the brown bizarre. shirt. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's a pretty I don't shirt, dislike- and the shoulder pads are huge. I don't dislike the color combos. No. Wesley T's jacket's pretty kooky as well. Like, it's like all oh, yeah. zippers and pouches. Like, he, he might be Deadpool. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we cut back to the car lot, and this one guy is really looking for a deal, and Kevin just doesn't know how to give it to him. The speedometer's like 180,000 miles. The guy down the streets isn't giving a better deal. And Carl's like, listen, Kevin, you gotta... You gotta fucking start making some sales. Like the problem is, you're just too much of a nice. Ke- Kevin's like a real soon-to-be men's rights activist because he's just oh, a definitely. nice guy. Um, he's just a nice guy. And so Carl's like, listen, here's an easy sale. We got an old lady. Her husband just died. She's got the. Uh, she's got an insurance uh, um, payout. She's got money. She wants to buy a car today. Sell her the fucking car. This Kevin. old lady. Go for it. Oh, she's a con artist, right? Straight up. Straight up. Sees him coming a mile away, chats him up. Basically, wants to listen to her church program on the radio. That leads to her getting inside of some sort of sports car and speeding off. That tricky old bitch stole that car. She just Grand Theft Auto this shit. And the pit. Oh, oh mama. Grannies. So Kevin, Kevin's learned his lesson now. He's, he's done being a sucker. No, no women are going to take advantage of him again. He's done being a nice guy. <laughs> and honestly, this isn't even Kevin's fault. I don't even think he... The cars were in... The keys were in the car. It was on the no, lot. No, he, he, he does hand her the keys. Oh, he hands her the keys. Yeah, he gives her the keys, yeah. I forgot about that part. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um. So back at the Owens, uh, they get a basket of treats for Belvedere. Um... And Belvedere's like, oh, nothing. It's I ordered this for me. And Heather, like, straight up, like, opens the car and's like, it says it's from Buckingham Palace. <laughs> He's like, get out of my shit. I'm leaving. <laughs> and he just storms off. Like, so, Belvedere, you know, like, they're going to be, they're all up in your shit. Like, I understand you want privacy, but, like, you're being super sketch. And you know these people are assholes. Um, Heather's outfit is interesting. It almost looks like she's trying to wear something that she's too old for. In this scene in particular, she- it's like a green kind of top. I mean, the top's cute, but she's wearing high shorts, which I thought you would call out, Brad. Are those shorts? Oh, I thought it was a skirt. I know, right? Oh, those One are shorts. Those, some of those shorts that come up halfway up her chest are her torso. Oh. Seared knees, low-cut, low-top shoes. It's a weird... It's like, Heather, you're like... You're like a teenager. I, are we sure you can't it's wear, a skirt? Dude... When she's walking, it looks like it's a it looks like it's a pair of shorts. I'm just saying. Um, I can't tell. Look, who can tell? 
in the 80s, a lot of things crossed over. It's yeah, it's a, it's a questionable outfit. Shorts were up in the air. Is this a skirt? Is these sh- are these pants? That one person had an ambiguous sexual identity in that one episode we all. But they had on point fashion. I mean, there's a lot of things crossing lines, and it's fine. It's awesome. It's the 80s. It's far from the most egregious outfits. Um, so later we get uh, um, Wesley T and Heather up in Belvedere's room trying to suss out the stitch. Wesley finds a note from Buckingham Palace saying they want him to come back and work there. So they realize this is the situation. Belvedere's torn about returning to Buckingham Palace or staying with the Owens. So they decide they're going to make it easy for him to make his own decision. By that, you mean leave. They're like, Belvedere needs to open his wings and fly. We can handle it. We've loved Belvedere all this time. You can't keep a caged bird. You can't keep a bird caged. Um, And this is in the kitchen scene in which Heather and Marsha are dressed as monsters. Heather looks like she's from the 60s. I don't understand. Like it's this like it's it's a it's a mustard it's a mustard skirt with a giant belt and like a crazy pattern top and Marsha's got a weird floral print shirt that looks like the worst couch. None of it's flattering. The only person here that no. I think is on point is George because he has a red shirt with a white collar. I think that's an okay look and his pants are dark denim. George is the only one on point in this entire room right now. And George is dressed as Gilligan. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's dressed as Gilligan, but... <laughs> he's the best dress, and he's dressed as Gilligan. <laughs> so they decide to show Belvedere that they can they can live without him. Yeah. So they're setting the plates, they're fixing lunch, they're doing all the things. Hey, uh, and Brad, that tuna fish sandwich Marsha made, it was tasty. George, why the fuck are you... Why would you say that? It has, that doesn't help anything. Who cares if it was tasty or not? Hey, big guy, it was tasty. What are you trying? What is that comment, George? Why don't you shut the fuck up, Gilligan, and like sit and do something else? So weird. So weird. Back at the car lot, uh, Kevin is now a greasy, gross used car salesman, and we get a family of grifters come over, (laughs) (laughs) and they're like, "Listen, I need a reliable car for my family. I lost my job recently, you see, and well, the plants just hired me back." And I need good, reliable transportation for work. And, and my daughter's got to get to her asthma treatments. And my son's got to get to school. And my wife's got to get the kids to the thing. And grandma needs to get her, be able to get her wheelchair in the car. So we need something reliable and good. That's great. How much money do you have in your bank account? That's a red flag in any situation. I'm hesitant to give that information out to anybody, even close yeah. friends. And Grifter McGee um, is like, oh, well, I got $1,500 in the bank. $1,500? And so he's like, so that's kind of my budget. And Kevin's like, Kevin immediately takes him over to a $3,500 car. Um, I just, I'm, I'm still like freaked out about talking about $3,500 cars. It's like, I can't believe it. Um, Why would you tell a used car salesman, my budget is my entire bank account? Yeah. Dude, did you not, they didn't have the internet. No one told them anything. But Kevin takes these, him over to this... Go ahead. Kevin, Kevin takes him over to this, like, crazy car with, like, flames on the hood and, like, a skull and, like, it's... I don't even know what kind of a car to describe it as. But uh, Kevin's like, hey, well, you can get financing through our credit guy. It's like, this guy doesn't have a job. Like, I know in the but 80s, Brad, like, it was a different world, but... It's the no questions asked finance department. Yikes. How does it work? Don't ask any fucking questions. Give me your money. We'll take care of Yikes. it. Yikes. Grandma can fit in that car in her wheelchair. It's just aerodynamic. 
I mean, if these people are dumb enough to be talked into this car, I mean, I don't think you should take advantage of anyone in any situation, but again, I suspect foul, these are spies, I think, because they see this car that's yeah. fast and they're like, okay, yeah, this can do for our spy stuff. This family is very awkward around Kevin, awkward around the experience of used car salesmen. I think they've got a secret. I, something's up. I don't understand it, but something is definitely up. Um, so then after Kevin makes a sale, he's talking to the boss, and he's like, hey, I've got an idea for maybe some advertising. Cut to... The best parts of this episode are mm-hmm. Kevin making these fucking commercials where he's dressed up as Abraham Lincoln, Carl's dressed up like a rabbit with a carrot. <laughs> no a big idea pink why. Rabbit. And Kevin's talking about, I'm honest Kevin Owens, and I'm selling cars. It's crazy. And there's a jingle, and like we cut to like the Owens household, and George is singing along half heartedly. As though he doesn't quite, didn't quite bother to learn his lines. <laughs> because I'm honest, Kevin Owens, and I'm not gonna lie to you. Where are you gonna get the best deals in the tri-state area? Bargains galore at Bill's Friendly Motors, Route 8 and Etna next to the swamp. Everybody! Bargains galore at Bill's Friendly Motors, Route 8 and Etna next to the swamp. So weird. Um. Yeah, they continue messing with Belvedere. Belvedere's clearly like, well, I guess nobody needs me here. Huh. Guess I'm unwanted. Hmm. Mm. Guess I'll kill myself in the night. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> Belvedere's really upset. <laughs> I fear these may be my last days. Not only with the Owens, but with life. Okay. And so to bed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Belvedere. So Kevin set up like a, a big like sales event at the car dealership and they're selling a bunch of cars and Kevin looks super greasy yet again and the old grifter family comes back and is like, hey, honest Kevin Owens, you remember that car you sold us? Well, it's broke down three times already and my boss said, if I'm late to work again, I'm going to lose my job. And I took that car to my... The guy's voice is what sells him as, like, I guess someone that you would try to empathize with. Because they are so, like, we're barely making... We're barely scraping by. We got two kids and a grandma. And I just... I I need this to work. You want it to work for me. Bootstraps, motherfucker. Bootstraps. I got my hands on these bootstraps, but I don't know what to do. Can you help me pull them? (laughs) Can you help me? Help me? I feel them tightening around my neck. (gasps) I pull them too high. Kevin, I, our mechanic told us that the engine was shot before we bought it, and I told him you were a stand-up good guy who would be a catch for any woman who would ever be in the pit. Don't, was I wrong, Kevin? I mean, you're honest Kevin Owens, right? One of the weirdest, strangest, stretched kind of, like, uh, uh, titles you can make up for yourself. Don't understand it. No. It's Even with Honest Abe stuff, it's like, what the fuck you, Kevin? This is stupid. So Kevin kind of pushes, pawns him off, and then he goes to shoot his live... Sa- they're shooting a live advertisement. Yeah. Like, it's like, as though the news stations have come down to report about this used car lot. And Honest Kevin Owens, uh, dressed up as Lincoln, and he starts doing it, and then they keep cutting back to the, the Grift family, the Sad Sack family, um, that's probably grifting him somehow, though I don't understand it. Um, and so eventually Kevin's like, oh, I can't do this. I am going to be honest. Uh, this whole place is a ripoff. These cars are all lemons. This is a sham. It's a sham. I can't lie to you people anymore. And then Carl's trying to shut him up, and the car guy's trying to shut him up. It's, 
I, I guess Kevin's learned his lesson after fucking over people as usual. <laughs> you know, yeah. And hopefully this time he learned a lesson and isn't going to fuck people over again. Because, I mean, you know what? The shifty used car salesman was a shifty used car salesman. Then Kevin took it too far, and then he went on live television and said, everything here is a lemon. He just destroyed this dude's business. This guy was going along just fine, being shifty as salespeople are. Then Kevin took it too far, and not only did he, like, take himself out, he burnt down the business with him. Oh, man. He's the worst. He really is. I mean, this guy's livelihood is ruined. Now, granted, he's super shady. I mean, he set up his used car salesmanship by a swamp, which is the best part of that song. Yes. Next to the swamp. It's 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 a jingle. It'll stick with you. But yeah. So, but like, there are no consequences. When Belvedere summarizes everything at the end, it's like Kevin is no longer a used car salesman. Done. <laughs> like that dude didn't fucking sue you. Like he yeah. didn't take you out back with his boys and like. I mean because. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely fucking crazy. Uh, back to Belvedere. Uh, so the Owens are like, they're at their wits' end. They can't keep doing all of Belvedere's shit. And Belvedere's like, all right, everyone, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm moving away. I don't like long goodbyes. So I'm going to go work for another family, family somewhere. And they're like, wait, what? I thought you were going back to England. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. Not at all. <laughs> Oh, well then don't leave. We need you to do shit. We're tired of doing your work. We're tired of doing the functions of normal uh, families. <laughs> and Belvedere's like, okay, cool, I'll stay. Belvedere, we could hold it together for like... <laughs> Belvedere, we could hold it together for like ugh, like two days at most. And now we're back at each other's throats. You have to stay. You have to. So he does. And that's it. That's Belvedere. Woo! Alex, who won, who lost this episode? Um, the used car salesman definitely lost. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's a used—he's a shady used car salesman, but dude fucking lost. He's got to move. He's got to move across town to another place and change everything. Yeah. Uncle Phil lost. Uncle Phil lost. Who won? I'm almost say Phil and Belvedere are tied for losing because Belvedere had an out and then didn't. And at the end, Belvedere says something about how they're already treating him like he's a used shoe or something. Yeah. And then, but the way he says it, he's like, "They should get a kick out of me," which is a joke. But before that, he talked about how he feels kind of good about feeling like a used shoe or something, and it's yeah, weird. It's, it's like it's really Belvedere, weird. there's an issue going on with you. You need to get that checked. Like, you need to go to therapy, and whatever's keeping you from the glitz and glamour Buckingham Palace, you need to go back there, because yeah. you're not making a good life choice here. Yeah, it's 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 upsetting. It's upsetting. Um, so, okay, but Uncle but Phil uh, lost. Uncle Phil, Uncle Phil lost his business. Um, yeah, Phil lost. Uh, who won? That's hard. I don't know. I mean, Kevin probably made enough money to buy a new car, and he gets to feel self-righteous about overthrowing the apple cart. Oh, man. Yeah. I guess there's no other person to win but Kevin. Yeah, I guess he won. Sometimes sometimes the winners are not the people we'd want them to be, Brad. That sobering reality uh, is, Yeah, all right. Is real. 
best dress, worst dress. I just want to go for it. Worst dress, um, Heather with her mustard with her mustard skirt and her ridiculous top. She looks like a real hot dog. Yeah, definitely. Heather did not come prepared in this episode. I actually kind of like her jacket the more I think about it. That's blue, white cuffs, yeah. and then brown cuffs. That's a cool look. Um, I would also say Wesley T pulls off some really cool outfits. He's got this weird belt that to the kind of right-hand side has some kind of weird attachment or something. Grommets, that's pretty neat. I will say that at the end, Marsha has on a like dark blue pantsuit that actually is probably the nicest thing she's worn on the show in a long time. We got Gilligan Euchre, who I think actually pulls off the Gilligan look a little bit better. Like, you've always wondered, what would Skip, what would like a fit Skipper look like in a Gilligan suit? We got that in Bob Euchre. So I don't know. I, Heather loses, but who wins, Brad? That's the tough one. Hi. Who's best dressed in this episode of Belvedere? Is it the uncle with that crazy, I mean, it's a crazy outfit, but it kind of works for him. I like I like that one. I like Heather's jacket with the, with the sleeves. Too. Let's give it to Heather, because I actually do like that look the more I okay. think about it. So, okay, so Heather wins and loses, best dressed and worst dressed. That can happen in a heartbeat. Definitely, definitely. That's the episode, guys. Season six, episode nine, used cars. Uh, we're in a sprint to the end. Stay with us, and we'll stay with you. We will. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Ramjack. Another episode with Brad, me, and all the yuck-yucks you've come to expect. We really appreciate it. Um, find us on social media and call us. You can go to our website, ramjackpodcast.com. Everything's there. Get at us. Defo. And guys, if you're out there dealing with a severe case of mountain madness... I just want you to tell me three things. Just call into the podcast and tell me these three things. Are teenagers making out in Ubers? One. <laughs> Very important. Two. Very important. How can I get this job working for the Lynx bus system? Side note to that, um, please tweet all kinds of bullshit to at Lynx or fill out their surveys or whatever, but please do not mention me applying for a job at Lynx when you're talking shit to them, because yes. I'd like to keep this cloaked out at least until I get a first or second interview, or possibly get the job, and then they're stuck with me. So, let's keep that clo- I mean, it's not that cloaked out, but don't, don't connect any dots for these incompetent fools, okay? Please. Right. So, do that. The third thing I need you to tell me where can I get a hot, fresh burger? Yeah, it's super good. 20 ounce beef, five slices of cheese, and bacon. Between two pizzas. Nestled between two eight-inch pizzas. Mm. That's a lot of cheese. Five slices of cheese for a burger is too much. <laughs> five is. slices of cheese on a burger between two cheese covered pizzas do you do you share it like you would a pizza like do you cut it into fourths and then everyone gets a fourth because i could see that being okay i mean you're eating a burger between two pizza slices sized it's burger sized it's meant for one eight inches around is not burger sized oh eight inches around i thought it do two eight inch pizzas 20 ounce patty five things of cheese and bacon if it has mayonnaise on it, fuck the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> There's no fucking way you were putting mayonnaise on this thing. 
I don't care if it's supposed to make sense with a hamburger. Everyone puts mayonnaise on a hamburger in the fast food industry. So help me, my Atlanta Braves, fuck you if you put mayonnaise on your burgerita. That's a lie. That's too far. It's already too far, but that's that causes riots. That would cause a riot. Yeah, no mayonnaise, but maybe a little, little, uh, little hot sauce. Maybe a little hot sauce. Maybe, look, a little hot sauce goes a long way on that. Well, just a little Frank's Red Hot, just right on there. Like five dabs of hot sauce, just a little. Bam, yes. Bam, bam, yes. Bam. Yes. And then throw it in the garbage because that sounds disgusting. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> When I snap my fingers and these bodies say short, I'm hot, and you're not. But if you want to hang with me, I'll give it one shot. Top that. Top that? No, I'm not in the mood. Oh, oh my god. You can dream until you're blue, but you will never top that. Let's go back the other way. No, just, just go up and then talk to him. Are you kidding? I'm so embarrassed. Look at how funky he is. I will never be hip. I'm hot, and you're not. But if you want to hang with me, I'll give it one shot. Top that. Top that. You can do all that you can, but you'll never top that. Top that. So top that. Who would ever really want to go and top that? Such a waste of pretty face, but hanging in your nose face. I wish that you would take a look and really stop that. Top that. Well, stop that. I don't really give up about trying to top that. Top that. Stop that. I wish you finally take a real look and really stop that. that.